0: Thank you. Please be seated. My fellow sports stooges, it is an honor to be here in front of you today, talking about the state of sports stoogery. I have it on good authority and I am in great spirits, that although for the last two years we have fought hard and valiantly, and we've lost a lot of incredible humans, I can say today, here, in this state of the sports stooge address, we be fucking COVID. (laughs) Now, please be seated. Now, stand up. What the fuck? Now, be seated. Go on, stand up. Now, please be seated. Stand. Sit. Chuck Schumer. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) it is great. (laughs) Hello, beautiful people. Um, It is Let's Get Wild Wednesday, March 2nd. Obviously, we all watched the President Joe show last night, mm-hmm. the State of the Union. But, I don't know about any of the other shit he was talking about. Inflation sounds banana lands. I don't know what's gonna go on with everything else, but it did seem pretty apparent that what we had celebrated early, too much, I'd say. A couple mm-hmm. times. It feels like an accurate statement would be we'd be fucking COVID, dude. Fucking great day to have a great day shout out to everybody that's ever said that statement um (laughs) including coach jb the toxic table is here i saw you two representing standing up and clapping for that foxy was the only one not standing which is something we had to judge last night who's standing who's sitting what are they happy about we beat covid why is that person not happy what is going Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. here oh that must be something serious they're talking way over my head but i think we all took it last night we all heard the same message I think yeah. so. I think
1: so. This morning I saw.
0: Yes, this morning I saw the national shows. You know who, seemed to just fall. Whatever you need to happen, they will do. Mm-hmm. They were all standing in a huddle, yeah. Whoa. maskless, hugging Shut each up. other. That's mm-hmm. yeah, what the politicians last night hugging each other. You know the, yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We did it, dude. So back. We did it. Yeah, I saw a couple double mask folks last night amongst everybody. Sure, I saw one masked person to the left of that entire thing. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I. And when I put that tweet out last night, I deleted it because it got very toxic in my comments. Mm-hmm. I bet. I said, hey, I just saw a bunch of maskless politicians. You tell me we beat COVID. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I'm a sports stooge. I don't know what's going on here, but it feels like we beat COVID. I might be wrong. But then, uh, 30 to 35 minutes later, Joe Biden basically said, hey, it's time to move on. COVID <laughs> doesn't run our life anymore. And it's yeah. like, hey, what a glorious world did it. I bet. That's great news for everything. Everybody. Nick's still standing and clapping. Gumpy a little late on a sit-down, rubbing his hands together. That was some weird shit last night from the people that are making decisions in this country. And I'm not saying any parties uh, in particular. Felt like a large group of people that have no idea what's going on in the real world. But I'm happy they're the ones that are tasked with taking care of us. But I got that we beat COVID, which is good news for everything. Congrats to everybody at home. You survived. it did it there's a lot going on in sports world, and this show is big. <coughs> at Ty Schmitz, here at Boston Connors here. Great announcement, by the way. You're like a town crier just centuries yes. uh, too late. Yeah, I feel like back in
2: the day, that would have been my calling, so I'm glad I at least got to test it out today. I think you nailed it. Really? Yeah. I, I think so. Not too much of a pause in the beginning. You know, probably should have had that, you know, extend out a little bit more, but hey, what are you going to do?
0: Well, that's the town crier trying to take the moment a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? That's there, because if you pause, that's what? More face time. Yeah. So that could have been, you know, True. something yeah. you, you thought about. You were, like,
3: about. trying to steal the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Like, you were trying to be bigger than Paul Revere. Hey,
0: listen, like, my children, you shall hear. The yeah. midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Mm-hmm. Hardly a man is now alive. People are going to do the same thing about COVID, I assume, one day. I mean, yeah, that I is a yeah. real thing. One if by land, two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarms through every Middlesex village and farm, I believe. That's fifth grade. Yeah, Middlesex County.
1: S- unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember
0: Bring a memory. Thing. I'm sure I got an A on that. That one, that tone, digs is your half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys, cold open today. Thought it deserved it. We fucking beat COVID. We've been calling for this for a long time. Oh, wow. yeah. Long time. Shams
2: told us last week, and we thought that was the real announcement. Well, before.
0: Shams, you know, kind of talked about the uh, protocols where Kyrie still can't play, but oh, everybody yeah. can go in <laughs> and a vaccinator vaccinated or whatever. And why don't you take your cowboy hat off?
3: COVID's done, i mean.
0: Cowboy's oh my God. last ride. The dawning of a oh. new day. Oh, my God. Holy Football shit. tone is back. Oh. Who the hell is that? Oh, my
3: Football God. Wow. <laughs> Welcome. I mean, if, if COVID's <laughs> gone, I mean, the, the cowboy has seen his last ride. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. The cowboy uh, has accomplished his main goal. Thank you, cowboy.
0: Holy shit. You what the, is my purpose in life? Uh, you were the first COVID cowboy. Remember, somebody tried to steal that. I forget yeah. who it was, but you were one of the first. Sure. I think you were the first COVID cowboy. Mm-hmm. And you became a full-on cowboy there for a Here while. It was not just because Kevin Costner was out in the middle of nowhere no, no, doing no. gangster shit. Mm-mm. That definitely helped it. But then once you beat COVID and you came back on the other side after seeing that show for the first time in the COVID cave, I think, and you started dressing a little bit and you had that cow. It was a natural fit. This guy's the COVID cowboy, ready to ride any horse. Yeah.
3: Yeah, sure. Through any that's type right. of adversity, sure. if you had Give to. Give me the real stats.
0: And guess what? You got to the end of the trail, pal. You're on that horse. You fucking kick that thing off into retirement. Yeah. And saddle back up into football town. We're happy for you. Yeah. We're
1: happy Congratulations, back Tony. Good work.
0: I, by the way, a lot of the things he said I did not understand, not because he was mumbling and, and stuff like that, but because honestly, I don't know a lot that's going on. <laughs> sure. Uh, the war is still happening. Mm-hmm. He said last night, going to get ugly out there Mm -hmm. it's going to be bad or whatever which is kind of i don't know much about the entire scene but i don't think those you know there hasn't been many days where i've woke up and i heard like oh putin's stopping you know that uh hasn't been a headline i don't think i think we're well past that yeah i think so so hopefully ukraine continues the battle and gets everything they need seems like they're a little bit outnumbered but hey to be outmanned, hell yeah, outgunned. What, like, what if I went to do a full Hamilton there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I—that's—I'm I, really cultured. I'm showing today, but I—I'm very ecstatic that we seem to be past the chapter in an era that will be talked about 20, 30 years from now, hopefully, where maybe we'll have some more answers and we'll be able to tell tales about how, yeah, the whole world stopped. We had friends and family members that passed away from a virus and a disease that nobody understood or could comprehend. We lost a lot of incredible people, but in doing so, we came together because we all had to basically live in. In the same exact playing field the whole world shut down can't do jack squat can't do shit perspective was put into place quickly for all of us and here we are March 2nd 2022 and it feels like finally the last page of that fucking terrible chapter which was the world is dominated by COVID chapter I think COVID you know I mean, Biden did say, hey, we're going to fight this thing, try to kill it. Everybody's saying we're going to deal with it forever. Cool. I hope that happens. I'm not a fucking doctor. But it feels like the COVID running our life chapter has finally ended. Yep. And life is a book.
4: That's right.
0: Every page is being written with every decision that we make. And I feel like the next chapter is going to be one of America and the world kicking everybody's ass. (laughs) Hell
4: hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. A lot going on in the sports world as well. Cam Hayward's going to be joining us here in the next few minutes. Okay. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, yeah. future Hall of Famer, Cam Hayward. <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, D tackle, not D-tackle. nose tackle. Three tech. Tack. So D tackle. Yeah. yeah. Nose tackle would be. Paddle. Three or five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what he wants to be called. Nose tackle normally has the body. Casey Hampton. Sure. Right. He Makes has sense. a little bit of a spark plug body. <laughs> I think. I don't know how. It is described. I guess it's the defense. Cam Hayward will be in the studio. I don't know what he's in town for. Uh, I think he's doing some stuff with the NFL Network with the Combine. I hope he gets in the TV. Can't wait to chat with him. Yeah. Friend of the show. You played softball with him. Yeah. He'll be here today. Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks, will be here in the Ooh. second hour. Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders will be okay. here. Jorge Masvidal, the baddest motherfucker on earth, will be here today. And Lovie Smith will be here for the after hours live in studio. Let's have a Wednesday, the day we beat COVID. Wow wow the day that, that covid, COVID died, died and we, we were singing, singing bye bye, bye, bye you son, bye. son of a bitch that's what covid was yeah a little bit of a remix there and Darius Rucker said, "We can sing any song we want, sure. just make it our own." Yeah. Mm-hmm. What
3: are they gonna do? That uh, went as smooth as the when we rehearsed it out there.
0: Yeah, a lot of rehearsals. This yeah, is all choreographed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of
3: it. Took
2: a
0: while. I, and I assume the cold open that everybody just witnessed for the State of the Sports Stooges. Uh, everybody assumed we worked on hours and hours and tirelessly for that. Yeah. People yeah weren't probably. sprinting into the room <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> we were. Yeah, we're thinking about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> 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 That's like one of the most disrespectful things to say. Mm-hmm. That's like people who think I read from a fucking teleprompter. Yeah. There was a show, um, the FanDuel show that we did on Saturday night. Obviously, we told you guys uh, before the Super Bowl, it wasn't our show. We were just being hired to host it and to put it on our network. Now, there were some things that happened, and obviously, will never happen again. I'll ask some more questions. I think that whole thing happened. But overall, a lot of fun, smashing success. Right. The production company wanted to put a teleprompter in front of me, and I say, listen, I won't let you know. That ain't happening. They're like, well, we will, we'll put a teleprompter in front of you. We'll have some of your reminders in front of you. I was like, I don't want there to ever be a photo of me standing with a teleprompter in front. Everything comes from right here. That's what you need to know. Well, how will you? It's, it's step and repeat here, isn't it? I mean, it is the same thing yeah. for two or three hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. If my brain can't figure it out, let's get out of here. But that is a real thing. Like, I think the, the beauty of this show is that who knows what the fuck's going to happen in any given moment. Yes. Just like the sport that we cover. Mm-hmm. The NFL was wide open. There. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. A lot of press conferences happening, a lot of rumors happening. We had Eric Burkhart, who misspelled the word chooses in his statement, but was basically mm-hmm. telling the Arizona Cardinals just a week and a half after getting a proposal, that was probably a few hundred million dollars for Kyler Murray, who has two years left on his contract. He publicly states, like, hey, let's get a deal done. They get a deal done with Keim and Cliff Kingsbury, who are both probably being credited with turning around the Arizona Cardinals because the Arizona Cardinals, not that great a few years ago, now they're winning three more games each season, becoming an 11-win team in a very difficult division, the same division that Super Bowl champions are in. And although Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim are currently getting contracts, Kyler Murray's agent, who's also Cliff Kingsbury's agent, said, excuse me, this dude deserves some of the respect as well, publicly kind of put them in a position. So then Steve Keim had to answer that, whenever he did his press conference yesterday, kind of stuck on the spot about it. He said, hey, that's business. You know, people do business in different ways. That's how that whole thing goes. Cliff Kingsbury looks so cool, dude. Oh, my God. All the way up. He looks so cool. All the way buttoned up with a jacket on top of it. Hey, he's a fucking cool-looking dude. He style. style. He said, ah, it's business. You know, this is the business side of it. We'll kind of figure it out as we go. Everybody said they hope Kyler Murray's around for the long haul with the Cardinals. We shall see how that unfolds as the week goes. A lot of people getting boozed up, telling secrets to each other around bars here in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Ian Rappaport's the the life of the party is what Shreg said this morning on Good Morning (laughs) Football. Mm -hmm. Ian Rappaport, we do know, walks into every bar he can walk into in Indianapolis, boots on the ground, told us, and buys 300 shots and drinks for every. That's either. right, weapon. But I appreciate the fact that he is abusing his liver, his <laughs> yeah. mind, and his time for the sake of good sources, so that whenever he does come on this show, whenever we do put his feet to the fire, he knows a little bit more about a little bit more things. Mm-hmm. That's good networking out of old Ian Rappaport. We appreciate him getting all boozed up for the people. More news coming out of the, the combine conversation. Brian Gutkeutz uh-huh. says that there has been zero trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. What huh. does that mean? I don't know. Almost That's different. very interesting. Yeah, that seems not true. Well. That that seems like Eric Burkhardt, who won public with negotiation and leverage with what he was trying to do. This could be a similar thing here to Aaron, you know, letting Aaron, hey, we haven't got any trade offers actually, by the way. So who knows what teams are actually interested. We're working on the short term deal. I feel like we've involved you in a lot more conversations. We get Devonte's going to be here. We restructure contracts. The <laughs> NFC feels like a much better conference to be in than the AFC right now. So good, good saying that publicly, maybe it's a negotiation technique for Aaron to hear That and to see that nobody wants it, but also maybe it's we are getting zero trade requests that we deem worthy. Yeah, you -hmm. got to always the devil's in the details in this particular thing. You got to wonder what that is. But all these signs are great for Green Bay Packers fans. I think Ty
1: Schmidt. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at that, like it it is different when you know last year at this time when every press conference it's like, oh Jesus, are they you know fucking trying to rake the coals here and piss him off more and maybe force him leaving or force someone's hand, but. I think everything we've heard up to this point, like that doesn't make me think that... I mean, obviously, there's a list of teams that he would probably deem like... And I'm sure they know, like, hey, if this were to come along, that's something I'm interested in. But everything <laughs> seems good right now. So I, look, he's going to be a Packer next year, I think.
0: Thought this would be over by now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. What does, what does it, it mean? Wow. Franchise tape. We still got five days or so. Well,
0: I remember when Rappaport said... Rappaport reported that they're negotiating a deal in case he decides to come back to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so he has not told Green Bay yet, yeah, we're definitely doing this, but they are negotiating. I have not talked to him, over the internet said he was coming on Tuesday. Hey, you've got a pretty big decision to make. I, sports dude, not gonna come interrupt your life. No. But hey, if you wanna let us know what you're doing, cool. If we, need to re- <laughs> if we end up reacting to what you end up doing, Cool. Sure. Whatever the case, just hope you're happy. But it seems like he's going back to Green Bay. I'm not 100% sure, but feels like he's going back to Green Bay. Speaking of going back to places, Russell Wilson had an entire quote about, hey, this is where I'm at right now, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and Seahawks fans sent that to me immediately upon it happening. But I believe NBC Sports, uh J.P. Finley, NBC Sports Seattle, you think? What I don't know. Uh, probably. I see. Uh, No, he's a he's a Washington Washington. guy. I think he's uh, just an NBC Sports guy. Washington State? No, Uh,
2: sorry. DC. Yeah,
0: because this is Seattle, so you can see how those two Washington. Yeah, it's very close. That's on me. Yeah, state, uh, uh, nation's capital. Right. Home of the President Joe Show last night. Bingo. You're talking about DC NBC Mm -hmm. Sports JP Finley Russell Wilson asked by Craig Melv. Hey Craig.
1: He digs. He gets in there.
0: Craig Melvin about coming to Washington, the Washington Commanders, because they are commanders. Commanders. Bum, 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 I will say, Will Compton immediately called <coughs> them the commies. He did. He did play on that team for a while. Yeah. So that is going to have to be something they battle when his name change. But if they win football games, nobody will give a damn. Uh, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Richmond Spiders, by the way. Good soccer team. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody knew that. I sure. had a couple conversations with the Richmond Spiders soccer team whenever I was in high school. Really? Oh. Great campus. Very beautiful place. Yeah, a little dick you went there. It was too smart. Too smart. That's way Good out. ball team, really? too. Yeah, baseball? B. Uh, basketball? Yep. Smart school, I think. I think it's a super smart school. Very nice. The buildings are Mm -hmm. very, very nice. Brainiac. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's one of those things. I don't think I was supposed to go there. Whatever the case, I'm from Richmond. I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day. All my friends and all that from the East Coast. But Seattle's the place I'm at right now, and I love it. So a lot of Seahawks fans started tweeting this to me, telling me I was, uh, you know, are you going to address this? Are you going to address this? Are you going to address this? I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, Yes, but I didn't hear how he delivered that entire thing. That, if I'm a Seahawks fan, that did not say, hey, I'm definitely going back no, home it didn't. to Seattle. That's him. Hey, all my friends on the East Coast are hitting me up, and I just want to say, this is where I'm at right now, and I love it. What? Okay. What has to be figured out? Hmm. Is it contract? Is it who gets more control? Is it his voice being heard? Is it the team? Is it him wanting to be a top five quarterback of all time, winning Super Bowls? Doesn't think they're able to do that in Seattle? Is it the East Coast bias? He's not really on national television as much. Huh. What is it? Why is there always some mystique? And if you ask Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians said yesterday, hey, you know, a lot of these fucking guys, they just want their name out there. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe that is the case. He said that about Tom. He said a lot of things yesterday about yeah, Tom Brady That's oh, been yeah. fascinating, interesting. interesting. And I didn't want it to be a, a part of this show when. B- B.A. came on, I didn't want to be the platform where B.A. buries anybody, mm-hmm. but B.A. is just going.
1: Let it rip. He is
0: not yeah, it is. And he's taught, I mean, a lot of the things he said made a lot of headlines yesterday. They said they're leaving a the light on for Tom Brady if he ends up coming back. But the Russell Wilson situation, once again, is very fascinating. Because there's a lot of teams that is immediately upon receiving Russell Wilson, although Ryan Clark doesn't believe this, there's a lot of teams immediately upon receiving Russell Wilson. They think they're winning the Super Bowl. And I assume Seahawks fans feel the same way. They're like, hey, we got Russell Wilson. We're in every game. I agree. I concur. I'm sorry that this is happening to you. We are in a current situation here where we don't have a quarterback. You guys have a quarterback. We would love to have Russell Wilson. Russell and Sierra probably aren't going to agree to come to Indianapolis, but the Giants got a lot of picks. Mm -hmm. They're a big city. They've always been very impressive Mm -hmm. at the offense. They've allegedly been looking into potential Russell Wilson. Now, the Chicago Bears obviously got Justin Fields going forward but they made a full offer and Seattle Seahawks listened to that entire offer last offseason so if you're a Seahawks fan I hate to break it to you I believe there's going to be conversations happening behind closed doors to get Russell Wilson potentially out of there will Pete Carroll and Schneider let him go probably not because you're not going to find anything better than fucking Russell Wilson Ryan Clark doesn't believe that but I'm just saying in general I think a lot of people feel that way that was an interesting statement though this is where I'm at right now I love it. Yeah, this is
2: classic Russell Wilson. I mean, we need to hear from the camp of Russell Wilson. Team three. Team three, excuse me, to see what they actually you know are trying to wheel here because it definitely doesn't seem like he's going back to Seattle.
0: No, it, it but last year it didn't either. No, sure. Right. And he went back and he played, beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. Got hurt. Yeah. Got hurt mallet finger. The whole line
2: still kind of stunk.
0: Yeah. Got hurt. Mallet finger. Then they didn't make the playoffs. Nope. Yep. Tough
2: division mm-hmm. and
0: really not on TV ever. Remember, he got mallet finger worse than everyone
3: else because he – the other guys played through it. Yeah, Taysom
0: Hill got it. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, obviously, similar quarterback to Russell Wilson. Yep. Same type of velocity and accuracy and precision For sure. as Russell Wilson. For sure. But, yeah, Russell Wilson did get surgery on his mallet finger, and uh Taysom Hill
1: did not. Mm-hmm. Even so, like, moving forward, you, pro- you know, like, hey, if we don't trade this guy at some point, like, what are the – it doesn't seem like he is that keen on signing yeah. a long – long term extension with them like like you said that's not a that's not a ringing endorsement of Seattle at all. No, you're just being negative. I'm not. You're being negative. Cuz I kind negative, of flipped kind on of Russ, Russ, you know. There me was too. A, there was a point where yeah, I hated his guts cuz he is a robot and all that kind of stuff, but it it's it's who he is and he's really really good and he's really fun to watch like but it just I mean, you know Monday he, Night Manning is where I changed. Is that where you changed? Um, yeah. There was a point where the Yankees were playing really bad and one of you guys said something about him playing second base and I was like, you know what, fuck it? Yeah, like let's bring <laughs> Russell Wilson in and that, that'd be awesome.
0: So, so it Short wasn't him,
1: it wasn't him as a person
0: that changed you at all For no. me, Monday Night Manning. Changed my entire view on him because mm-hmm. he seemed to be the same exact person. It was after a late game. Mm-hmm. He was going through a film. Him and Peyton were talking in the same language. Not that Eli wasn't understanding it, but Eli wasn't talking at the same time. So for me, I was like, oh, Russell Wilson appears to be the guy that he appears to be all the time, which is just the same exact thing that happened with Tebow. Tebow, he's always Tebow. He's always Tebow. Oh, this guy's got to be a fugace. Mm-hmm. This yeah. guy's got to be a phony. right And you immediately, at least I'm the type of person, if I think somebody's the most fake human of all time, it's like, okay, cool, you do your thing, but you're not for me or whatever. I think Russell Wilson has a lot of people thinking that about him because Russell Wilson seems to be a movie character. Yeah, Seems to be somebody written out of a fairy tale and what a quarterback's supposed to be, especially when he's mic'd up. Hey, here we go, clear eyes, full hearts, boys. It's like that's out of a movie, that's not real life. Yeah. And then everybody around him is like, nah, this is what the guy's like all day, every day. It's like, well, I can't fucking hate on that. If he's going to be himself all the time, super positive, incredibly diligent and dialed into what he does on a daily basis, has an entire team to make him better. He's got a right leg coach and a left leg coach. Right arm coach and a left arm coach. Right hand coach and a left hand coach. The only coach he's got for the same is the wrist. That one doctor works on both of his wrists. That's true. So I think I got a lot of respect for Russell Wilson. Is that because maybe there's a chance? Long ball. Long Hail Mary. We're talking fool of grace style. Oh, okay, we're okay. talking we'll throw it long, long now. <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson's for the Indianapolis Colt. Maybe. But also I think this has kind of been how we have talked about Russell Wilson since Monday Night Manning and it has all happened.
1: Well, and I think to your point, like we've talked about time and time again, these guys look at Brady and stuff, like he is one of those guys who's unbelievable. Like he knows his own worth. I mean, and if he doesn't think that he's gonna be able to win a Super Bowl in Seattle, we know how he is off the field. He's a fucking massive superstar. Like, hey, maybe New York isn't that crazy for Russell Wilson to want to go there.
0: So those are the big news of the morning we just hit there in the first 20 minutes. Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. Guess what? Big time money. Yeah. Staying. I assume, you know, Shraggs is meeting up with whoever died. Here oh, oh yeah. Sh- Shregs looked like he was still rolling right out of Killroy. Yeah, well, the he The makeup did. lady did a hell of a job today. She crushed So the makeup yesterday on Schraggs was a little bit much. I think we all agreed with that. Schraggs probably agreed with that as well. I think so. A little bit too much. Maybe the lighting was a little bit different than it is normally on Good Morning Football. But hey. I have been somebody that has gotten makeup done on my face and they put an entire bucket on. I look bad. So it's not a big deal. It's not Shregg's fault. That just no. yesterday, new lighting, new makeup person, new face for Shreggs. Yeah. This morning he's back, but he's boozed up. He looks like Rappaport on the goddamn TV. Bingo. Yeah. Having great interviews, though. Oh, yeah. He's bringing out great interviews, great networking. We appreciate Shreggs. We appreciate everybody. Uh, Gunta Kun says there's no trade. Russell Wilson says he loves it in Seattle. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I love it. And in studio, he's one of the most stout-looking dudes I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Wow. D-Tackle, three-time, first-team, all-pro, future Hall of Famer out of O.H.
5: I.O. Cam Hayward. Yeah. Thanks for guys. How
0: are you, man? I'm good. I'm uh, good. You, you, we're trying to catch you up there. I was trying to catch you up with the situation with Diggs there because mm. you did look confused. You had met Diggs before. Yeah. You know Diggs. You're friendly with Diggs. Uh, Diggs almost quit being a cowboy earlier because he thought we'd be COVID, so the COVID cowboy put his cap down, <laughs> almost put his lassoes down, uh-huh. and he put a, be- a ball cap on. Yeah, yeah. His football it didn't feel tub. right. Yeah, and he didn't look nearly as good, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 this is kind of like when your dad shaves a mustache or something. You've become a whole new person. Let's dive into it. Speaking of dad shaving mustache, Yes. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to look much different this year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Great gone. segue,
5: by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you come from a great lineage of absolute ballers. Your little brother is doing his thing right now at the combine, I'd yes. assume, going into the draft and you're working for NFL Network. Thank you for stopping by here. Dude, let's, thank you for me. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. Yes. Because this is one of the most storied franchises and programs in all of sport. Mike Tomlin, whenever his name was being talked about for USC, he said, hey, I'm the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, this is one of the most most prominent jobs in our sport. I will take no more and basically go to hell. Pittsburgh Steelers organization doesn't have a lot of change. That's not something that happens. There's a lot of stability. Right. Now you're kind of staring down the inevitable. Is one of the OGs on the team. What are your thoughts going into next year? And what do you think Tomlin's trying to portray to everybody? Like, hey, we'll figure this whole thing
5: out. Well, first of all, I think Mike T is trying to portray, why take care of kids when you can take care of grown men? Yes. <laughs> and recruit too. Could you imagine oh, having to text 17-year-old? I, do oh, uh-uh.
0: I don't care much. if you're not coming. Like yeah. that, that is. <laughs> <you
5: know? laughs> okay, I'm going to dock your pay. What okay. else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, about the season, man, um, coming off of the last season, losing Ben now, um, it's going to be interesting. You know, are they, are they going to put all their trust in Mason or Dwayne or we got to find somebody else. And what know? do you think about Dwayne? We didn't know much about Dwayne. He got signed to the Steelers, right? Last. Well, he's a Buckeye, so I got to like him. Hey, so he's I, the Rock. I like him a lot, but, you know. Yeah, it's not but, for me to decide. Yeah, so,
0: and, and I mean. TJ told us the same thing, by the way. TJ was like, yeah, we have no idea, but it's not on us. But I feel like anybody that looks at your team because of you and because of TJ and because of everything on defense side of the ball, that right. team's going to win games. Like, that's yeah. just what's going to happen regardless. It's almost, here in Indy, we have a great team, but for whatever reason, just couldn't go on a, on a run. In that locker room, you guys got to feel like, hey, we have a ready team to go on a Super Bowl run here,
5: right? Yeah, well, appreciate you, Indy. Uh... Messing up that last game for us and getting us in the playoffs, too. <laughs> yeah, huge.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Colts.
5: Yeah, hey, there was a lot off. of things.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, hey, you're welcome, by
5: the way. Thank you. Not we didn't, we didn't capitalize on it, but appreciate you guys. But, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting because we got TJ, you got Minka, we got a lot of seasoned vets on the defensive side of the ball, and then you got a guy like Najee and Deontay Johnson. You don't want to just start from scratch. You don't want to just go and say – you know we're going to have a losing season, and that's what the not what the Pittsburgh Steelers do.
0: Yeah, what was Najee like? He seems awesome. awesome.
5: He is awesome. He doesn't know what a, a Christmas tree in his house is, but <laughs> he's awesome.
0: Yeah, he told a story the other day. I forget who he was talking to. I think he was at. uh I think he was doing NFL Network work, and he said like, "Yeah, I come from San Francisco. I went to Alabama. The humidity almost killed me." He said it almost <laughs> killed me. He said it was three years it took me to get used to Alabama, and then now I go to Pittsburgh, and it's like. It's cold, and then snow comes out of nowhere, but it feels like he's a guy who's ready to get fed. Like, he's ready Mm -hmm. to go almost. Was there anything in practice, like, early that you are like, oh, this guy's a guy, or did you— Well,
5: I was pissed off myself because the first couple times I was trying to tackle him, and I missed, and then he shrugged me off. And I'm like, all right, like, this is a little different, (laughs) but calm down. So next couple times I tried to get some licks in, but he kept avoiding me, and, you know, he's able to bounce off of everybody, and, you know, he just wants more football. He doesn't shy away from anything.
0: Which is great because nowadays you see a lot of scatbacks, especially with the way the NFL has been
5: at least. Do you think the NFL is changing back to a powerful, more power game? It's got to. You know, well, how come? How come? Just because? Because you get all these spread offenses and these little defensive players, best thing to do is pound them into the ground with a big old line and a big running back.
0: That's kind of the ripple effect, right? That's why the everybody says it's cyclical, because yes. whenever the team started going spread it out, you had all the big bodies because they were ready for like a heavyweight fight. <laughs> and then the little guys were able to just kind of get it. Like you're a massive man, but you look doesn't not look like yeah. oh, incredibly yeah. nimble. Oh, boy. yeah. And <laughs> you showcase that. You oh, so you. you're like a good hybrid, I think, for both multiple of the old school football and the new school football. But once I started seeing the power teams yeah. just be able to plow linebackers that are much smaller than me. <laughs> like they're like 215, 225 yeah, now. Their I mean.
5: safety's moving down the linebackers. It's crazy though.
0: Because they have to be able to run. Do you? Yes. I think Pittsburgh and your defense would love if everybody went back to heavyweight football. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know,
5: it slows down the game. The clock keeps going. <laughs> yeah. If our offense stays on the field, I am happy on the sideline.
0: AFC North's a problem right now, dude. Yeah. Joey Burr seems to only be gaining uh, confidence in the Bengals. They don't have a practice facility, but obviously they have – that, that is wild. Wild Insane. wild. Cam, listen. I, I speak about this all the time. You hear a lot of their fans, old school fans like, "Stop making fun of our program or our organization." I'm like, "I haven't
5: heard one of their players tell me to stop talking about it." Yeah. Could you imagine not having an indoor facility? Do you remember the Hard Knocks where they where they were walking across? You remember James Harrison walking across? I like imagine him t- saying, "I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I walked into our our little Indoor, and then now I gotta go across the freaking street. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's the NFL, and I think you're not just making, you're not
0: putting this out about the Bengals, you're putting no. this out about the NFL as a whole. No. Like, hey, you gotta get that thing, but that team, despite all of that, getting real hot. Lamar Jackson, who knows what's gonna happen over there? Yeah. Cleveland, legitimately. Who knows what's going to happen out there? Tomlin said, you know, the AFC North like the kitchen. It's hot in the kitchen. It's always hot in the kitchen. Right. You're now, you've been in the game for so long in the AFC North.
5: What are your thoughts on the change? It seems like it's really changing over there. It changes every year. Um, you know, the crazy thing in our division is I think there hasn't been a repeat uh, champion in our division. Every year it's somebody new. And so you better bring your stuff because everybody's coming for you. What do you got in the offseason? Have you started your workouts yet? Do yeah. you never stop? I, stopped, I started right back after I got back from the Super Bowl. So, so you did stop for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Just enjoy yourself, have a lot of what? <laughs> what? Oh. I had the kids with me. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, yeah, but like chicken nuggets, we're talking pizza. Pizza. Just Why? getting after it? Yeah, Why? after it. No workouts?
5: Uh, a little bit here and there. What is the
0: workouts now that you're back into it? What, are you on a diet, a strict diet? Is strict there? diet. Yes? Trying, trying to just get
5: back to fish and vegetables. No. I mean, are you serious right now? I got to get down, bro. Really? I'll balloon up if I'm not careful. Hey, me too. I go from 275 <laughs> to 225 every
0: off-season I used to, basically. Is that something you have to be very diligent about? Especially now you're getting older. What about yeah. the body? Do
5: you have to do any of that type of... I feel better when I do it. I'll say that. You know, if I, if I just continue to eat and eat and eat, you know, I feel terrible. You know, Cam in March compared to Cam in July like, is way different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, but you have to be big. That was
0: always like the offensive linemen who would always get so mad at themselves for being fat. You know, they're like, oh, I'm so fat. I'm like, well, you have to be. Like, you yeah. literally,
5: you have to be a big dude. Well, shoot. When I first started, like, our average O-line was like 340, 330. Willie Colon, Chris Kimatu, um, Max Starks was like, 360. <laughs> um, then we had backup guys who were like Trey Essex, who was pretty big. Trey Essex with Indy. Yeah, he was with the Colts. Um, I think Good guy. the, the small guy was uh, Pouncy, and he was like 315. Do you see that with a lot of, uh, not just the Steelers
0: offensive line, but with the game getting faster, you're seeing smaller guys? Does that, that benefit you immensely, I see? Yeah,
5: I love it. I love seeing the little centers they are like, 290 pushing it and it's like okay you're about to get bullied (laughs) what
0: are the workouts what do you do what is uh, because you have to remain explosive but you also have to be able to remain powerful
5: what do you do man it's time under tension it's a lot what's that mean? just you know doing squats you know at the bottom holding it for four seconds and all the way up Cole Haley my guy back home he kills me every freaking day you go hard hard yeah have to have to Cause if you're I'm not getting her, better, I'm getting worse. Yeah, you're in there battling too.
0: And yes. I would assume the mindset with every single lift every single morning is like, if I don't do this, I'm going to get embarrassed. Because there's a chance you do that in the NFL. That can happen <laughs> yes. in the NFL, right?
5: Yes, Quickly? It, yeah, I hope not quickly. Not but. for you, but for other people. Like, whenever you
0: first play with somebody, you're like, oh, I could, this is going to be a long day for this person. Do well, you, I think
5: you got to learn to position before you can really start to elevate. Because... In our position, there's so much technique involved and so many little things that you continue to keep getting better and better. Once you master those things, you become even better. They're talking about like Aaron Donald
0: reading a motion and then like sliding his shade a little bit because of that. Is that
5: just natural football IQ that comes from inside the, the liner experience? or what? I think that's just, you know, that's his homework. You know, understanding the formations, understanding where the back aligns, when the tight end's coming in, is he coming to chip him? Um, All these things come into account when you're. Nobody. And I asked Will Compton this yesterday, and he's a special teamer. And I'm like, hey, Will, why do you think you
0: made it? You're undrafted and somebody else didn't. He was like, well, I started studying like every single play, and I started like the amount of football IQ that happens in the NFL. I don't think people understand. Even at like D Tackle, you're in there lined up. How do you see all this? Because you're right. You're. (laughs) How do you see all this? That has to be something that like took time, or did you take to it
5: like a fish to water? Well, like, shoot, for me, I didn't play my first two years really and so for me I had to learn everything going on around me I had to know every position and then once I learned that I was like okay I know this side let me learn that side and I started grouping everything together and understanding our our formations and personnels you know it's, it's understanding like a fake you know if you're gonna run a fake yeah you're gonna get all antsy and stuff oh, we on. know what's gonna happen oh,
0: <laughs> oh no that's what Troy said. That's what Troy said. <laughs> Troy said that my energy coming on the field.
5: He
6: knew yes,
5: it. bro, you're the only punter right, that right. goes crazy all right. All right. in a stadium, and they're, they're they're too excited, and you're too excited.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah. That's uh, I fuck. my fault. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a walk-in
0: game. It was a walk-in. It was against it was. you guys. You might have good. I would have felt. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Back in Pittsburgh
5: for the rest of my life. Oh, you guys, yeah, score touch, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah. Bro, I remember
5: yeah. one of the last times we played you, I think, oh, man, it was like one of my first times going in, and coach tells me to go in. I run on the field. I trip right in front of Mike T, it, and I just look up at Mike T, and he's like, you going to get your ass in there or what? <laughs> <laughs> what a so, moment. What
0: a favorable moment. I didn't know you sat for the first couple years. Yeah. So what, did it get loud? Did it get loud for you? Or And Pittsburgh fans are... Not necessarily like the most, like, you know, like patient bunch. Oh, yeah. what, what? I was a bust. That's what everybody called you? Yes, I was a
5: full-on bust. Well, how come? You think you weren't ready for it? Your body wasn't ready? Or just an opportunity situation? Bro, I was playing behind a team that just came off of losing the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they had two defensive ends, Brett Kiesel and Aaron Smith. They had a first-rounder behind him. And then they had Casey Hampton in the middle. I had to learn. You know, and I'm fine with that, but. That has to be tough, though,
0: right? That's tough.
5: To hear that, especially because your dad,
0: legend in the city, Pittsburgh, legendary city with the Hayward family. Yeah. Like, I think like that, now that I'm thinking back about it, I do like Pittsburgh's not a place that's like, oh, yeah, we'll just wait around for this guy to figure it out and not take into account like the entire situation there. But those two years vital to your way oh, you are um, right now to becoming a Hall of Famer. Vital, family?
5: depressing. <laughs> 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 that was a lot I had to deal with. Oh, shit. Yeah, you just broke our set. Don't worry, Lesnar's
0: headsets are up there still. Just, yeah. We'll leave that on the ground for you
5: forever. But those two years are a lot, huh? Yeah. A lot. I had to learn a lot about myself at that time. Mental calluses, though, from those two years, you Yeah. Think? You know, now I look back at, like, rookies. I'm like, you know, you guys come in and bitch about everything. And it's like, it's way easier now.
0: Because the uh, the rules and everything? Rules.
5: On... Um, you know, guys complain about practice. Practice isn't even that long now. Hey, listen, you're a D-tackle saying this. Because right? right. normally the D-line room would be the loudest about the, cl- uh, the practices. Bro, I think. we... We don't do half the stuff we used to. You remember two a days?
0: Yes, yes. I was a part of two a days, and everybody. I always get lumped in with the younger class. That when talking yes. to the old people, like oh, you have no idea. Well, I was a punter. I had to appear there. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I had to show up. I, mean, I had to show my face. I had I had to be there and do okay. It's you know, right.
5: funny because I was right after the um, the lockout, and so nobody knew the rules. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to do two a days." And so they were like, "Yeah, they know they're not supposed to have two days, but it was the first time." Out.
0: Remember, they were asking for people's cameras. Like, "Hey, we need your footage from your practice." Do you remember that after the new CBA? Oh,
5: oh after this new CBA? No,
0: like, no, the the one you and me went through. You came in right afterwards. They were asking for people's practice films allegedly because people were practicing too much when they were trying to set in the new rules.
5: Oh wow. I don't remember that. Really? No. Yeah, because those. No sw- one cared about the rookies back then. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at they all. saw Sam Bradford get his number. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna take that away now."
0: Yeah, well, Matthew Stafford got drafted uh, 221 picks ahead of me, and uh, he got like 55 million upon <laughs> signing. I got thirty-seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Cam, there's been a lot
3: of talk about from Tomlin and Colbert this offseason about getting back to the Steeler way, and right. I assume you don't want to be 75 yards down the field accidentally falling on Justin Herbert and stuff like that. It no, was God like, was like right the now. run It game. wasn't a punch. Probably. Calm it down. Yeah. I just got uh, done hey. talking
0: to him.
5: Yeah. Hey. I just got <laughs> done talking to him about it. You know, to he, Herbert? Today? Yes. Yeah,
0: he, he's not going to say it because he
5: was the one on the receiving end of the punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you took that thing from all the way. God. Okay, so I got on the ground. Okay, I'm running, right? And so, like, I land on him. And I'm trying to get up, and I stumble again because the guy pushes me in the back, and I go to catch myself. And we talked about it. He was like, I didn't even feel it. And I was like, okay. Oh, so he kind of took shot of you. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That was was him
0: outfitting you there a little bit.
5: You say what you want. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. But Tom. the
3: Steelers' way, like, you're not supposed to be downfield that far. It's, like, was the run defense, was it because Tyson was out? Toot was out? Like, what what was going on? Because in Pittsburgh, we can't. Like, that's just. Yeah. yeah
5: um,
0: that, gets, that gets stooges like him. All yens yeah. are all pissed right off. Yeah.
5: <laughs> as much as the are Yala, that that it pisses y'all off, how you going to you? I mean, you yeah. were all over the place. So, like, that's, I
3: know, like, you talked about being on the sideline, like, offense sure go out there. Like, you right. were you were running a lot
5: this year. Yeah, like, it's funny because, like, before the season, I remember having talks about, like, trying to keep my numbers down, trying to keep my snaps down. <laughs> after Tyson and Tua got hurt, that went out the window. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we got to get back to, you know, stopping the run. That's what we've always thrived yeah. in. Um, you know, I think we understand that uh, if we're going to be a good defense, we have to, you know, stop the run and then get after the pass. Uh, I look for guys like Tyson to come back, yeah. Tua to come back, um, you know Alex Highsmith to be even better, uh, Devin Bush continue to grow. You Is know. T.J. just playing. TJ's just getting for sacks. He's not yeah, playing the run T.J. at all. Just T.J. Just beat T.J.
0: two years, two seasons, ago, Counting this one as last season that we yes. just finished up. Bud Dupree gets hurt, right? And you yes. guys were killing. I mean, I'm that was fetus. it was unbelievable. Then yeah. this year Tyson and Tua get hurt. That becomes an entire thing. I assume you guys are just praying for some health, maybe next
5: year. Man. That's everybody, by the way. Nobody talks about that. Health. Health. You got to get healthy at the right time, then win anything. Yes, I concur.
0: Is that why you do all this shit that you're doing right now in the offseason?
5: Yeah. You know, if you don't take care of your body in the offseason, obviously freak things can happen. Like, Tyson was working out with me every single day. And then, you know, week two, I think it was like the fourth play, he like messed up his ankle. And he was like, oh, bro, I can't feel it. I'm like, what's going on? And like... It was like, turned the other way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's not great. Yeah, no, That's not great. You can't really do much about that. It's going to no. be hard to rehab that particular thing back. But I think that is something that isn't chatted about because they'll label somebody like, um, oh, he's fragile. That guy's fragile. It's like, well, what if that guy just had like three terribly unlucky oh. situations happen that yeah. can't happen on the field? That just never really gets chatted about it, or people don't even give a fuck about it, ever.
5: Well, like I've had two big injuries in my life and like one was in the Sugar Bowl of my senior year and I was like, Oh damn, this is the worst freaking timing. Finish the game, they said it was a bruise. And then like a week after I'm training for the combine and they're like, Yeah, it's com- it's uh I did I had Tommy John surgery. Jesus <laughs> Yeah.
0: So that's my ligaments are off. Yeah. Right? That's the Ben what's what uh Ben Tommy. just got, right? <laughs> for yeah. his entire arm.
5: So I can throw a left-handed, but whatever. <laughs> but and then my other one, um, in the Dallas, I think it was 2016, we we're playing Dallas. I was going out to make a tackle and my arm went back like this, and I pulled everything off the bone. Huh. And so told me it was a bruise again. Yeah. Still yeah with that <laughs> so,
0: let's get you through these quarters here. Okay, we got a couple, of, we got a half left here, Cam, that's a bruise. We'll, we'll check that thing out tomorrow. Yeah. Is there anybody when you get to the league? Uh, that you get a hold of and you're like, oh, that's a grown ass fucking man there? And does that happen ever to you nowadays?
5: Nowadays, no. That's Um, good. Yeah,
0: that's the goal, right? That's why you've been around so long, too.
5: But I remember, like, when you first get in the league, it's like you're seeing all these big cats and, like, shoot, I was seeing, like, Orlando Pace come back to Ohio State, and you're like, damn, that dude is humongous. (laughs) You know, you're seeing Michael Orr blindside. You're like, (laughs) oh, I can't wait to play that dude, but, you know, he's a tank. Um... You know, Joe Thomas was another guy. Joe Staley. Those guys were just legendary. Yeah. When they got their hands on Who's Who was the guard from the Ravens that just retired? Oh, Yonda. Yonda, Yonda. Hey, Yonda was the guy. Everybody, everybody says he's like y- the best. Yonda is the best. How come? Just because he was able to do everything? Man, able to do everything. Didn't really fight. Didn't really do the extra stuff. It was just like, oh, I'm, he's just going to beat your ass every play. <laughs> hey, I'm just here to move you. Hey, I'm just here to move you. In your division, too, staring yeah. down that, too. And then he moved from what? He
0: was guard, then he was tackled, then he was other tackle, then he was mm-hmm. other guard. He just flawless the entire you could way. You can
5: plug him in anywhere. And now I see he's, like, 200 and, like, Forty pound.
0: Not even. I think he's like one ninety five maybe. Yeah. That Small. dude is
5: tiny radio. Right I now. saw like a like it was like a news report and it was like all he did was walk. I was like, bullshit, he's doing something. No, bad. he's cycling. I think he was a yeah, cycler. Oh, he's yeah, cycling? Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. he's cycling. Yeah, like, he's you a, a cycler? Uh, my ass doesn't like the seat. No, nah, I don't like that shit either. My, yeah, yeah, I can't. It's like, uncomfortable. I, I, can't I got the it. Peloton for my wife, and she was like, oh, you should try it. I tried it once, and they were like, you need to stand up on it. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. I <laughs> a
0: wrong, man. <laughs> oh, that would
1: be,
5: That would be absolutely amazing. Go ahead, Ty.
1: Cam, I don't know if you saw. I, I think it was today. They're either presenting to the competition committee that uh, – pass or not pass interference but uh roughing the passer Mm. is going to be reviewable Mm. for a guy like you where you play so violent and so physical like is there anything you can do or do you feel like because you are established in the league now like you're not kind of getting some of these ticky tack bullshit calls like a lot of these other d linemen are getting man
5: i I got one at the end of the season it would have been my 11th sack you know me and tj combined on the sack and he's coming straight at me Full speed. What am I supposed to do? Just let him run me over? Uh, And so I go to make the tackle. It's unnecessary roughness on a runner. Tyler Huntley was running the ball.
0: But then if you talk back or get upset, there's another fifteen on top Mm of it. Oh,
5: I've talked back plenty of times, and I've learned my my lesson. Are you a talker on the field? Yes.
0: Uh, To to offensive lineman.
5: Offensive linemen, refs, uh, you name it—I talk.
0: Yeah. So, what is the <laughs> conversation like early with the refs to try to win them over? Then, if you need to, oh, hey, yeah. we got to have a problem here. The
5: funny thing is, I play good cop to TJ's bad cop. Oh, so TJ T- goes oh. off he, on ref. He's not happy. Oh, I Ooh. love it though.
0: Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, I love that type of thing as well.
5: You just try to keep it balanced, though. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, offensive linemen once they get me talking, it's like it's a wrap from him then on. You know, because I'm just going to be in your ear the whole, whole entire time. Any good verbal joust with anybody? Ooh. I wouldn't say what I've said. (laughs) No, no. You just anybody that you. No, you don't have to
0: tell me what was said. Joust like who did. You, is there anybody that had a pretty good give and Ooh. take for a good four quarters? Hey, no. they like say
5: four quarter <laughs> yeah. shit talk battle. You know how in shape you have to be, by the way, to talk shit for four. Well, quarters? Well, like you get some of these old linemen, they could be kind of corny. Like the one guy was like, "I remember you like ten years ago." I'm like, and? <laughs> Like, yeah. What's that supposed to do? Like, yeah, I'm gonna whoop your ass for another four. Do, you, re- <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: do you respond immediately to? Is it like exactly how you just yes, explained it there? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. so you're just casual. Talking shit to people. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, like,
5: you remember I used to hear about like Jordan. He would like start singing to him and like sing like like, you're getting nothing but the best from me and like all this crap. I'm like, huh. damn, like, that's some like next level shit right there as you're dominating them on the court. <laughs> so is that your style? You're No, I don't I don't sing at all. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more of just like, why are you even on the field? You shouldn't even be on. Oh. But I've had some guys, you know, they'll say you know, you were on the practice squad last week. How are you even going to block me this week? Yeah, yeah. And
0: by the way, that mental edge— who knows what's going to happen? It might oh, flip yeah. them into a better player. It might make them much, yes. much worse. That's part of the game. I love it. that's why, I, like the mic dubs when they come out, I feel like that's when you learn the most about
5: people. And the yeah. mic dubs, nah. yes, no, the mic dubs are pick always... through it. You got to pick through it. Bert's over there right now. That's our PR guy. He's cut down so much of my mic dubs. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, but I feel like in parts we'd be
0: able to get that you are a shit talker. Like, you know, like yeah. you have to kind of pick through the the terribleness, I think. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, were
2: you uh talking shit to Quentin Nelson when you picked him up and put him on Jacoby Brissett's knee and basically ruined the cold season? Or is yeah. that just one of those
0: things? What is your We've already talked to him about this. No, I know, but you that's know. two years ago. No, I need to find out <laughs> come just come to make sure <laughs> there's bad guys blood there. It's not
5: bad blood. Okay. Yeah, kind <laughs> so not- of there for
0: a bit. We were on a run. and <laughs> 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 right. like, my happiness went very much down. But he's going to be known as one of the greatest guards in the yes. history of football. Yeah, you are going to end up in the Hall of Fame from being a draft bust for everybody into the Hall of Fame. I mean, two Titans battling like that leading up into that week. Is there more to it? Whenever you got somebody like Mike that,
5: my T did that. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, he's talking to me and Bud throughout the week, and he's like, You know, they got number ones over there. And I'm like, Mike T, we got number ones too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't just count us out yet. And so we went into that game. We're going to be ready for him this time.
0: And Tomlin talks a lot of shit, right?
5: All the time. That's
0: his motivational.
5: Yes. You know, he always talks about us sports bitching, you know, (laughs) but he does the best job of just getting under our skin and just, you know, I remember one time, you know, we talk about guys getting folded back when we talk about they're on skates. Yeah. And then he shows a clip of like everybody who's on skates and then puts them in like you remember the movie ATL? Yes. He puts the guys in oh, skates. Oh, the- <laughs> he shows like a poster of it. Oh. And so like He's we literally saw. Posterizing like, oh. guys. <laughs> yes. Making us feel terrible.
0: Oh. Uh, and then I've heard there's numerous situations. Like Boswell told me. Uh, one time when Boswell was either I don't know if it was the year he was not doing great or he was doing great and he had maybe a miss and then he was back to being good I don't remember what it was right. works both times I guess Tomlin came over him uh, Hey Bos I love him man but like if Janikowski's available I'm gonna have to talk
5: <laughs> <laughs> like something like that you know Oh yeah like
0: I, I've heard he's just like the coolest dude to everybody like Bos yeah. can get it Bos gets
5: it a lot Yeah well kicker you know Bos you know, has to fight back at some point he's he's got to fight fucking um, Tucker from Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, Justin. You yeah. know Mike T's always talking about Tucker. Oh, <laughs> he's like Tucker's one A. Boz, you're one B.
4: Um, oh my God!
5: But Boz, Boz, always backs it up. He's like, yeah, but you got me though. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, That is true. And
0: Boz is unbelievable. That entire Evan McPherson's mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker's over there, and Boz. That is the best kicking division Very in good. football. And I like to, mm-hmm. wait, wait till this year. Tomlin definitely going to be
1: like <laughs>
5: <laughs> Tucker one A. Money Mac, Evan McPherson
0: by one.
1: <laughs>
5: Boz is my one. Don't worry about it, Boz. Hey, thank you, Boss. I love Boz, by the way. Yeah.
0: Super cool guy. How about Presley uh Harvard? You guys got a new punter in there yeah. this past
5: season. That's my he's Good Burger. <laughs> I call him Good Burger. Welcome. No, he's just Good Burger. Good guy? Yeah. Love him. Yeah,
0: I love him. I hope I hope he I hope he continues to get better and better. He has so much like prom. He
5: bombs the fucking ball. Bro, I remember watching his tape at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And he was... Killing it! I think he had like a seventy-yard punch. Yes, and then he would throw a thirty-yard ball, and
0: then he yeah. would tackle somebody, and then he would go hang clean like three sixty-five. Yeah. He yeah, looks I'll,
5: like a nose tackle. Yeah, well, but he's gonna have to work on that. I think.
0: I think he's gonna have to work on that personally. But I'm, why don't you get why don't you get him in the gym? Well, because I used to look like that. I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean I, I, I used to look like that, and then I got into shape, and it was like, oh, I should have, because I didn't want to break, or I didn't want to fix what wasn't broken. You right. know, like eating pizza, drinking beer, like wow. having, having a bad body. Like the ball is still going far, so like I'm not. Gonna and change that you but, sound
5: like all the old kickers back in yeah the day. that's yeah
0: <laughs> i remember i did two of this hey i was part of it. <laughs> people, people forget that but yeah that, i just think that's going to inevitably happen at some point but he's awesome as are you man thank you so much for stopping by yeah. i appreciate that man Appreciate you having me. and what like i feel like i've asked you this before and you know i i, I apologize if it is that Steelers organization growing up in Pittsburgh, it is the closest to a college, it feels yeah. like, in my eyes. The the Steelers, and because it is the amount of stability, I think is what Tomlin
5: told us. Like, oh. yeah, the
0: guys come back, all the coaches are still there, the calls are still there. Yeah.
5: Do you feel that and recognize that whenever you're in there? I love it, man. Yeah. I feel it every time I walk into that building. It is a joy to be there, to see the history that's already been set, and to be a part of that. You know, you want to do your best every single time,
0: and the are going to show up for you. Yeah, I, I think that's now Granted, they called you a bust too. I mean, that's yeah, pretty wild. They they have high expectations. That. I don't remember I, this fucking up. guy. You should I have heard him <laughs> no, You were probably on there. Too. No, yeah, no. there's a bunch of Italians from Plum that are probably no. on the internet. Oh. Still are going yeah. to town.
3: <laughs> I'm a big positive. Like, you know what? I thought it was Aaron Smith and Kiesel. I mean, it's great too to learn behind. I thought it was positive.
0: Yeah, you didn't say that. That's only what you're saying right now. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you man really appreciate do thank you for stopping by good luck on NFL Network we can't wait to watch you yeah. can't wait to see you go to the Hall of Fame can't wait to see what the team is next year yeah. but they know they got a study D tackle all pro ladies and gentlemen Cam Hayward yeah. you. Yeah. a Super Bowl champion college football national champion with the Ohio State uh, Rider Cup champion COVID survivor ladies and gentlemen AJ Hi. Hey. Hey. AJ listen Happy you changed your shirt. Thought you were going to be Steve Jobs there for a while. You are wearing the black long sleeve, the Arnold Classic, get some love, get to the chopper, whatever. (laughs) Hey, I want to let you know, me and Cam Hayward just did one-on-one out there. And he's the first one to ever just bull me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it was not great, AJ. This dude's head, this dude's legacy in Pittsburgh, and I assume in Ohio State as well, he is awesome. He is absolutely awesome. But he just put his paw... On my chest and pushed me into a wall. It was wild. He, imagine he it,
7: imagine if he put that forehead right on your chin and tried to push you back. How do you think that would go? Well, that wouldn't be Ooh. great.
0: I, I learned I'm a finesse player. You know, yeah. I think I'm a finesse player. <laughs> I'm better with the screens. You saw what I did to Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that's right. It, Aiden that, Hutchinson, I let him just go right around me so we could just run, you know, a little, a little screen, check down, draw, Ken, outside, Ken went
3: straight for the straight arm. Immediate.
0: I mean, he locked that thing out <laughs> quickly, too. There was no hand. I didn't even do uh, oh, 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 none of that. He got his hand on my fake chain and my tank top (laughs) quicker than I could even get to my first. Ha! He was on me and driving me directly into a wall. Earpiece goes flying. Cam Hayward still trying to get to the quarterback. Somebody blow the fucking whistle. Play is dead. Boom, Uh, dead, uh, dead, uh. dead. Dead, Dead. see ya. Imagine if he actually stabbed you. (laughs) you. He just put his hand out there. Oh, dude, I, I still think I made him run the hoop there. Yeah. So, quarterback ah, has to I might be undefeated still. Yeah. He's <laughs> got to lay off the, the ball, too. There. Oh, yeah. Good kick oh. step. Three <laughs> step. <laughs> I think he protects the quarterback, though. <laughs> There's a wall there, dude. Oh, Dude, it was just a shove of his hand there. He's, he is coming out of his little off season, though. He said he was hanging out with the kids. I was off balance. I should have put a little bit more fight in that, but I do believe I fall right in the wall. My shoes are untied. Yeah, what sure. do, you do. What do you uh, want with their Air Force true. Ones? If true. I was in my Hawkas, you know, it'd yeah, be exactly. much imagine it's I fall over on his hawkas. That'd be bad. I mean, Falling from 12 feet? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that'd be <laughs> difficult, done. especially with those boots that you've seen, yeah, yeah. Ken, yeah. Ken Maywood's awesome. Combine week is crazy. A lot of people talking. to Kun said there's no trade partners for Aaron Rodgers thus far. It's been silent. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's public negotiating with Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers letting Gutekunst letting Aaron Rodgers know like hey listen you know we're not getting offers or is that him bird calling to people hey make some offers Mm -hmm. how do you take this AJ Hawk is a man who's very close to the situation obviously I mean
7: maybe he's just trying to be honest because why would they have trade offers when Aaron hasn't asked to be traded yet so I guess why would the teams might wait to reach out until they see what he's going to do. I'm guessing.
0: So I agree with that because that would be by the letter of the law. But Brandon Bean, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, told us that if he hears that there's a potential player that they're looking for that could be on a move, is not happy or whatever, they'll give a call. Those calls are happening all the time is what Allegedly, Brandon. he say being, no
7: official trade offers have been on the table. Or did he, did, he say, did. Anyone was anyone sniffing around like anything like that? Do we know?
0: Uh, so the way Schefter says it is, Green Bay Packers GM Brian Gutekunst says he's not getting trade offers from other GMs on Aaron Rodgers. So this is just like when Rappaport talked about the Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime Bidwell, yeah, yeah Bidwell ownership meeting, like, yeah, no official meeting has been done when he says that. So maybe there's been no official offers. Maybe there's been no interest though. And if I'm wrong again about this whole thing, I just assume, just like when Tom Brady was a free agent, which he will never be again.
3: By the way, no, no. five ones, no. no,
0: no chance. That's what, yeah. Bruce Arians basically said, no,
3: play for us, bad business.
0: Yeah, but he. Hey, you can come back and fucking play. Sure, we'll leave a lot. of he's playing right fucking here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out how to build just another his name team. out there. Hey, yeah, maybe I don't know. Like a lot of these guys of these days want their fucking said. names out there. <laughs> it was just Tom it wasn't just fucking Tom. I mean, a lot of people Tom. had their hands in the pile. <laughs> There's a lot of things Bruce said just casually yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 you know, da, da, da And everybody's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> boom, 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 The big one, though, is obviously that if Tom did want to come back and play, he would have to play for the Buccaneers. In Bruce Arian's mind, he said five number ones. You want Tom Brady, no big deal. He was five number ones. That'll be no problem. And for some GMs, by the way, if the more Sneed start coming around, all right, we'll give you 2040 to 2045, our yeah. first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how that's going to open up, but maybe that'll take place. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, though, when Tom went to become a free agent, I thought everybody would want him in the building. You get Tom Brady in the building, you immediately get better. Everybody in the building gets better. The equipment managers get better. The uh, athletic trainers get better. The strength staff gets better. The chef the chef gets fucking better immediately, right? The chef gets better. The ticketing, the sales, everybody elevates their game because they don't want to be the one that fucks it up, right? Okay, so we're getting a chance to get greatness in here, somebody that's been there. So if we don't, accomplish whatever our goal is for whatever our particular department is it's strictly probably because of us not because of what's going on over here coaches get elevated they're not going to miss any more film they're not going to be boozing as early as they normally would on off days i mean there's going to be everybody's you know, heightened whenever Tom Brady comes in the building. So I assumed everybody would want that. Now, allegedly, the Colts are offered, and the Colts said, no, we'll take Phil Rivers instead. And <laughs> oh. obviously, we all know how that ended. Tom Brady won want a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay immediately <laughs> upon going there right. and heightened everybody's play and made everybody better. How mm-hmm. you doing? Keep it moving. I mean, yeah. that is exactly what happened, but not as many people were interested, allegedly. Now we're hearing the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. That's bananas to me. Honestly, that is crazy to me. Is that because maybe they didn't want to make offers and be embarrassed or fooled or maybe this is literally gun to making a bird call saying hey if you guys got offers we would like to hear them you think that's happening what does that mean for what's going on between he and a guy that you're best friends with
7: maybe it's a little bit of a bird call but if he wants to hear any offers it's probably just because he wants to kind of get an idea of what people are valuing Aaron would be like what you would have to give up. And I that's why I would understand. Why would a team go out there like, okay, we'll give you four first rounders and two of these current players. Like why would you go out there and try to like set that up yet when you don't know if Aaron is gonna be playing in Green Bay or if he requests a trade or he's gonna retire or he's gonna hang out and do Jeopardy. Who knows?
0: I am part comma, mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. the oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chicago Bears did that Seattle last offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did it at Seattle last offseason. Remember after team three came out and said uh Yeah, we like a little better offensive line, a little bit more say, maybe some more Super Bowls. But (laughs) other than that, we're happy. That's a Team 3 said.
7: But you know, Pat, you know people, and I know people in the league. I know I've spoken with people that work for different teams around the league that have told me, hey, if your boy is leaving Green Bay, tell him he can come here and we will give him whatever the hell he wants. He can be the Mm -hmm. OC. He can do whatever he wants. I've had multiple different people that work high up at, at teams tell me that, whether that's joking or not or they're being sarcastic. They have told me that
0: multiple times put it on ticker right now. put it on the seat here we go wow that is huge finally getting so okay here we go thank you aj yes. thank yes. you i have said win. that here before now you
2: have it now you have it now you have it
0: never this is the first and time you know too
7: you have talked to people as well that have told you hey tell aaron whatever he wants but no what i don't
0: know i have somebody. not had any of those conversations yeah. what okay. are you talking about wwe Vince McMahon. Yeah, did he? I didn't even brush the subject with him, but maybe. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Eventually. We'll see if you... got to ask Vince. Hey, you want to get any Aaron Rodgers sleep. that game?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> and Aaron at Mania? Oh.
0: oh. No. Me and Parchakarma Karma at Mania. Hell oh. yeah. Two bucket match. Yep.
7: You've on everything.
0: Huh? You'll need more than two. Paint in the canvas. <laughs> From what I've heard, yeah. There's numerous days, yeah. Man, that was... That was quite a riveting tale there when I learned yeah. about that whole thing. That
7: would thing. be sweet though, honestly. You're always trying to get content. How about you do the old Poncha Karma cleanse and we just keep cameras rolling for twelve straight days on everything that happens? That's not my type
0: of that's not my type of content. That's why when okay, you say calm. you're always trying to get content, that's not my type of content. Yeah. I, I don't not yet. I mean let's see, mm, you know. Yeah, down yeah. The road. It, might dr- it might drift into that. I mean I'm not 100 percent sure. There is people that do that though, and I'm. hey, thank you for the inspiration every day. Thank, thank you, people. Anyway, good morning, beautiful people. I used to do a Good Morning, Beautiful People three every single morning. And it was more so to myself than everybody else. But also, uh, people enjoyed it. But then it was, I'm too lazy some mornings <laughs> to even think of one. So it's like I, this is why I'm not supposed to be this guy. Like I need to go watch other people who wake up every single day and post seven things that are inspirational and motivating. I'm like, how the fuck? Mm-hmm. How do you do? How do they have enough energy to inspire uh. everybody else? And also, why don't you have any success? you know like so, what have so, you
7: done yeah what what have you what's your resume show to where i should be following this path
0: well that's well you're so fucking motivated i i'm, I'm pumped to go do something you know
7: like <laughs> show us go, like i get so you're usually confused. selling you're selling tickets to a seminar that they're doing that weekend i get so going.
0: confused it, it's become something where people in my life like send me these people because they know how often i've asked the question where i'm like okay there's only we don't need that everybody needs to be a motivator you know, like, not everybody, like, we need, we're sports stooges. Hey, we watched the President Joe show last night, mm-hmm. but it's not our, it's not my duty or anybody wants to hear my thoughts on what the fuck happened, other than we beat COVID. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <it laughs> seems like what, be... what were your thoughts on the State of the Union? Uh, right? We beat COVID. That's mm-hmm. all I, I yeah. couldn't understand much else. Didn't know what was going on, but we did beat COVID. So that's great news. But like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how everybody feels like, hey, I'm going to be the most motivating person on earth, but that is an entire avenue on the internet. Oh I mean. yeah. People get sucked into it too,
2: big mm-hmm. time. The yeah. only one delivering is the liver king.
5: No, 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 Gary No, v. Gary V. Gary V. Uh, Gary v. God 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 Gary v. v. Steve Weatherford's crushing. Hey, Weatherford also crushing. Who's the
0: Liver King? Liver King. The liver, king. liver King's yeah. wild. Hey, liver King yeah. here. Hey, Liver King and the Liver Kids really. Uh, yeah. I, had a, I, had a, I had a. They almost got a shout out on SmackDown because I happened to be in a, in a six seven hour phase of watching his videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Liver King almost got a pretty big shout out. So like, was, somebody did something. I, it was I was probably going to call it a punch of the liver. Yeah. And it was just going to go into an entire thing.
3: He like runs like a... A legal organ ring? No, no,
0: he eats them.
2: Oh, uh, he yeah. eats, yeah, like hearts and shit. And livers, liver queen. Oh, so he, but he, he, has to, he gets them. From- yeah.
0: Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 liver king. He's this guy now. I mean, at least
7: he's jacked. That's for sure.
0: That's a- well, he's jacked because his testosterone levels are so high because he eats livers. Isn't that right, Bailey? Bailey, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, Bill knows. He eats livers, which oh, no. jacks up your testosterone levels yeah. naturally. Yeah. Bone marrow. So that is why he looks the way that he looks. Yeah, he does drink bone marrow. That's like every
1: day of his life. It's a lifestyle. What is this guy, Bill? What's his thing? Uh, this is just the guy that lives off, you know, the way that we should be living, like simulated hunts, you know, like you should go out and kill for your food, Cave eat it all. Man. Yeah. yeah exactly. He's
0: caveman, but he has a word for it. What is that? Thing? What do you mean, simulated hunts, Bill?
1: Uh, he, uh, he gets his heart rate up to a certain point that, you know, would replicate people that used to go hunt their food, and then he can finally eat weapon that's fucking nice of him to do that wait does he kill him by hand with
0: bow and arrow like old school or what well just real quick you go to those civil war reenactments and stuff like give them a thanks because we're not getting to see it we're getting a chance to watch a fucking caveman operate yeah right this is in the modern times that's what you're saying bill this guy caveman
1: yeah it's like he sleeps on like plywood beds and everything can't Uh, have a phone in the room you know liver king equal sign
0: caveman see but it does fly private I've what? Seen, yeah, I've seen that on his IG. I think he flew
2: private all the way to Africa.
8: Appears to be on wow. some sandwiches yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no.
2: no,
0: he's so not. Those are the sure. testosterone levels are high yeah. from the liver. Yeah. Drinking bone marrow. I
6: misunderstood. I'm it, sorry. Yeah, you're an idiot,
0: dude. That's unbelievable. That is a slanderous term to the caveman yeah, liver guy, caveman. guy, wow. guy is kind of like gumpy on the ooze. Put him back up there. Gumpy, why don't you start eating liver, dude? Yeah, this is come you. On. Come Gump, on. Let's go. This is like six, seven months. Liver sandwiches, Paul. Yeah, eating liver sandwiches. Him and Chompa. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, Chompa is unbelievable. Live? What's that? This guy? Where, yeah. Caves.
1: The wild. Oh, he, wild. He, oh, he yeah. does, he he does have a caves. palatial estate that he lives in. So. Well, I can't blame him. I mean, yeah. if
0: the cave people were able. By the way, pretty sexist. I'm so sorry. Cave people, I will say. Oh, sure. true. Cave people. If the cave. He did. Well, you said cave people first. Well, and then cave woman too, I yeah. guess. Is, yeah. We're so just... it's cave man. Liver queen exactly. cave is woman. cave woman. Yeah. Right. And then liver kids is cave kids. So mm-hmm. I don't want any ageism in there either. No, no, no. Well, He's a, a t- Texas boy. But if the cave people could live in a house and fly private, they would. Yeah. yeah.
2: The king and queen of the cave people were, you know, riding the cleanest rocks in town when, you know, it was going on back then.
0: I don't want to get too far off track, but here we are, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> At one point, the person who thought I'm gonna put these leaves right here on this rock and I'm gonna make a seat was fucking Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Exactly. At one point in evolution, the person who said, oh, man, this seat, man, this hurts, you know? Grabs some leaves, bundle of them, mm-hmm. puts it down, sits on it. Everybody's like, this guy fucking Or oh, Lady Sorry, shit. Cave Lady, this guy's a phrase. Ah, guy is dude. This human Mm -hmm. is the smartest human of all time. Probably for an entire generation. Mm-hmm. I assume you live off that for an entire generation. Then wheel person came. Yes. Yeah. And then wheel person. Oh my God, this is fucking. What about fire person? This wow, is oh. wow. fire, person. fire person. Yeah. Yeah. person. was. They were.
3: They were a witch, and they were burned at that fire.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the seat guy, someone also or woman, someone also could have came up behind them, clubbed them in the head, taken their seat, then and took all credit for. Oh, it. Oh, so you're saying Probably people taking right.
0: people's trademark or patents and then just making money off it themselves all this time? Yeah. So you're saying that be- literally began with gay people? Yeah. There's Probably. a good chance
1: that a. Immediately after that guy took leaves down that or girl. Or girl right. Uh, that he was stabbed in the throat with like a spear or something like that. And then they just launched his body off there and said, Hey, look what I just did. Fucking seat. This is really comfortable. Yeah, that's kinda how it worked. That's why
0: yeah. that's why Liver King wants to get his jacks as he can so he can steal all the Correct. ideas exactly. from the other cave people. Exactly. I happily Genius. came around to that. Thank you, liver that. AJ, any questions over there? Man, I
7: got so many, yeah, <laughs> so many questions. Any follow-ups? This <laughs> Liver King guy, first off, I'm glad you, I've never heard of him. I will definitely seek him out and see what oh. he's doing. Oh, yeah.
0: Look at the glee in his <laughs> eyes. I know.
7: This guy is I so I like when I
0: find somebody I haven't found,
7: I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Hey,
0: Liver King's awesome. i seen him walk. He was doing a farmer's walk with mm-hmm. like. Yeah, whole family. A 7,000 pounds, that appeared through his entire yard or whatever. It was incredible. Yeah, you. six hours. I did like a good six-hour run with that guy yeah. on a plane, off a plane. You know, through some driving, i was like, this, how did I not know this human existed? And then, you know, I kind of moved on. Is it mm-hmm. human livers? I don't believe so, no. I think they're animals. Cows, cows. Yeah. It's it's a, body's cow, cow. Cows. it's a big cow. i seen a big cow liver. I think yeah. it's- was pretty large. Okay. He was, and then he also would have. Oh yeah, remember he had uh, livers, which is all protein. What he had meat, which is all protein. Right. He had something else that was all protein. And then he also had a protein shake yes. on the side. Yeah, eggs. That was that was the one that really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had, he had uh, raw eggs. He I had guess. liver. Yeah. He had steak. He had raw egg. He had chicken. And mm-hmm. then he also had protein shake on. No, the that's
3: side. every single
0: meal. I watch this guy every day. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that's every single. Are they meal.
3: all raw, or do they? Does he cook them?
0: No,
2: he's he
3: Also them. bone marrow. On his oh really? my this God!
0: This yeah. guy
3: throwing a spear because the caveman I believe ate it raw.
0: Bro, come to the combine, Liver King. <laughs> it's coming. It's wow. happening right now, oh. dude. This guy get picked up, undrafted free agent. Yeah, he can play quarterback for the Colts. Yeah, he's, he's the uh, Hail Mary quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a long ball. You're at your own thirty. Mm-hmm. What was once thought about not being possible, Liver King comes in and hocks a pigskin seven thousand yards. <laughs> yeah, that guy never. St- Look at this dude, AJ.
7: I mean, he looks like he's in, like, bodybuilder shape, like the shape that bodybuilders get in for seven hours when mm-hmm. they're posing.
0: Yeah, but he's athletic, too. Yeah. He, he is very much he, so. Does
7: he's he do a lot of movement. athletic movements? Yeah, well, look, oh, yeah. he's throwing, look, he's throwing he a vertical. Yeah. By the way, I think he's
0: actually hunting right here. I don't think this yeah. is just for the photo. Right. No. There's so a he like,
7: chases he chase deer down and get him tired out and chase him for four days and then finally spears him? Maybe, I saw probably. him pull, like,
2: 17, 45-pound plates across his driveway with his
0: teeth. This dude's a specimen. He is a specimen. The entire fam, get him to a combine. Let's talk about the combine.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: AJ at the combine. We're having uh, Daniel Jeremiah join us in about five minutes. So a lot of kill time here until somebody who actually knows what the fuck's going on. We don't <laughs> have a clue of who's over there. I learned Cam Hayward's brothers. Right now, Michigan State. Guys, yeah. a player. Oh yeah. Should have known that. Obviously, he's a great player. Is he? He's a guy. Tight yeah, end he was back. like a running back at first. Mm-hmm. Then he went to wide receiver. Then he went to tight end. He plays a little fullback. Always makes great plays. So he's he's like highly sought after in this entire thing. I, I don't they know. They have him going
3: uh, p- like between five and seven. Yeah. So oh, to New England. Picks fifth and seventh. No, pick. no, no, round.
0: Okay, right. thank God. I was about to say, man, I made a fucking ass of myself. <laughs> <laughs> if he was going to be pick six, I said, Cam, I said, what do you got going on out here? He's doing NFL Network, and my brother's out here or whatever. He's going in the draft. I'm like, your brother's going in. That's awesome. A good, he, he's a Hayward, so he's good at football. That's literally what I said. And he was like, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he plays tight. And then Diggs came in and saved me. He was like, tight end, The guy runs a lot, whatever. And then Diggs pivoted to a different conversation immediately, wanted inside information on what's going on with the Steelers, yeah, which I respect and do appreciate. Thank you. Uh, so I never got into it. But yeah, there's a lot of hey, tomorrow's superstars are right down the road right here, and you and I know nothing about them. That's why Daniel Jeremiah's coming. When you were in the Combine, did you hate it? Did you hate everything about it? What was the What was it like for you?
7: Uh, I was definitely curious and kind of intrigued going into it as to what it was going to be. And I got there, and I definitely appreciated being around all the other guys. I had a roommate. They, you stay with people. You got to get tight with different people. But then uh, it was cool talking to coaches, seeing them, everything else stupid. Just tons and tons of wasted time. You could have done it all. We had three and a half days. You could have done it all in 120 minutes, probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, great time. Okay, so other than the complete waste of time, great time when the waste... I don't
7: need to... uh, You don't have to test me on some, like, leg extension machine to test my quad and knee strength, and then wait nine and a half hours and then go finally do drills later that night
0: ah oh, so you're having to do mm. three a days at this damn thing because everybody wants i some... don't
7: care i just hate wasted time and there was a lot of it
0: yeah it's a hurry up and wait to situation right because you got to wake up and get <clears throat> piss tested at like 6 a.m too they have like the most obscure times for guys to wake up and do their piss test for street drugs and for ped drugs and everything like that then they got to wait three hours then you got meetings then you got to work out oh then by the way you're 40 then everybody's going to know for the rest of your life is happening at the end of that i mean and it is very fascinating. That's why you hear a lot of these players and coaches alike are like, this is not the most appeasing thing for football, we don't think, right? Is that not kind of the avenue? No
7: I mean I, un- I understand why it's there. Like they, it, it should happen. And I think for the most part, good coaches, good GMs and owners, they understand what it is. Like hey, we just want to we want you to reaffirm what we have seen on film. Like if they've seen oh. someone they like on film, they want you to show, yeah, you are that guy. You're not, you don't come out here and look terrible in person. They, you know, the, sometimes it's scary when guys haven't made a lot of plays in their college career and then they come out and they light it up at the combine and some people take a shot at them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
0: Well, how about the Raiders that for a long time, if you were the mm-hmm. fastest at, at yeah. the combine, didn't matter what your film looked like. I mean, you obviously had to be able to do your position, you had to know what your position entailed. Okay. And if you were running a 40, you were obviously in a football sphere that people thought you were good enough. But if you ran a fast as 40, you were going to be a Raider. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to the Raiders. Which, hey, Shane Leckler bombed balls. Sure. All right, mm-hmm. I fucking loved him. But he was the, the perfect situation for him too as a yeah. bomber. He was able to hit balls 80 yards. Not a lot of people are able to do that. I don't think I would have been able to do it as much as Shane Leckler did it. He is unbelievable. But he was able to hit it. They had 4 1, 4 2, 4 3 going, who couldn't play their own positions. They couldn't, yeah. they could not play their own positions, but they could run. Like Shane Leckler would hit these home run balls, which, by the way, more consistent than anybody else hitting those big balls, hit bigger balls than everybody else. But it was also perfect because the way they brought in players was they were fast. That was a fast track over there with the Raiders. I mean, that team was very fast. With the analytics coming in, I'm wondering. If Shane Leco, by the way, is the greatest of all time in my mind. So, like, I don't want that to be anything. I'm just saying it's a perfect, it was a perfect, it was a match made in punning heaven almost. There you, go. there you go. But with all these analytics coming out and all these uh, like super scouty people becoming like more prominent in football, I wonder if all this shit will matter more to some teams Absolutely. than it ever has in the past, AJ.
7: It might when they go back and they try to, like, review all their past draft picks and the numbers from those draft picks, and then they try to put into equation algorithms mm-hmm. how this guy worked out, how many years that he last in the league, how, all that stuff. Yeah, you could sit there and overanalyze things, and I, I'm sure it's worth putting together and then saying maybe that's one little piece of the puzzle when you're thinking about drafting somebody.
0: The smartest people on earth understand that we're all individuals. We're all unique. We're like Snowflakes, right? Snowflakes, oh, there's mm-hmm. no two. The same, but smart smartest— know that? Yeah, we, do. yeah, we studied. I don't know that about snowflakes, honestly. It seems to be a crock of shit to me. That one I mean, it X, makes
7: sense, but no one has
0: studied every snowflake. So yeah, ever. And you see Whoville in there. Like, maybe that's an anomaly of a snowflake, true. you know, true. because how big the that point. had to be for yeah. the Grinch to be able to do all the shit he was doing in there. But it sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. But with that being said, like, we're all different. You have no idea. Like, stats, every situation, hey, situations are situational. That is so real, especially when it involves humans. So that's why I think stats can definitely help you make decisions and they should. Like, hey, this is what people in the past have done that. But if it's not 100 to zero and if it's not, like, you have no idea what's going to happen because who says that A.J. Hawk isn't going to be a bust? You know, who, Mm -hmm. who says that he's not? A.J., I assume that if it wasn't for, you know, your incredibly hard work ethic, your incredibly hard head the situation you were in, your film study, everything like that. You didn't make it. But a lot of guys just kinda of flutter out. Yeah. Every situation – you can't just like what worked in the past isn't yeah. necessarily. There's a lot of luck work.
7: involved the injuries obviously play a huge role. Like you can guys get drafted and it may not be the right scheme and then all of a sudden they they get going and then bam they get hurt and they can never get back on track. Like that yeah, a lot of it depends on where you go, how it works. That's why it's never there's no like exact way to go about it. So that's why I think the NFL is so fun because we really don't
0: know. That's why I don't envy decision makers. Joining us now is a man who does all of the research just like he was a decision maker. Oh yeah. Man who probably one day will be. Oh yeah. You know that TV thing over to the old thing. It happens, and every time this guy's on TV or in a microphone, he absolutely crushes it. On his Twitter bio, we've seen Amazon Thursday Night Football. I didn't know what that means because there's a lot of chatter around that entire thing. He's obviously works for NFL Network, Chargers Radio. You can see and feel him on Twitter at Move the Sticks. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Jeremiah what's up dude what's up boys how we doing hey we are great thank you for joining us you give us the best conversation about this type of shit every year i want to let you know that so we appreciate it appreciate you. yeah no problem we appreciate you man hey thank you dude <laughs> hey. by the way
9: where where am i right now pat where am
0: i uh looks like you're in a locker room no for your uh hold on Ooh! oh yeah, I wouldn't know what that looks like. That's way too nice for me. That, that I, think you've hit, I think you've hit a couple punts up here, dude. Hey, what is that? The NFL network suite? Is that kind of how everybody watches the entire combine? Every team has their own suite and then yeah. the networks have their own suite or you guys are the only ones?
9: No, no, every team has their own suite. It's totally different than what it was um, you know, when I was when I was scouting, everybody was out there out in the stands and doing all that stuff. And and it was like a like as a young scout, you you were on like the, the run. You had to go get the subway sandwiches. And now they've got like these suites with catered meals. These young guys, dude, like just so they got it so easy.
0: Oh, wait. Hey Kim Hayward just got done saying that to the young NFL players. Yeah. And I assume old coaches say it to young NFL coaches. I mean, it seems to be a much different style, but you're living it up, it looks like dressed well, enjoying the suite, probably having <coughs> I- some food maybe cocktails with rapaport. Oh, you
9: wanna see you wanna see what we got here for our, yeah. our- Bread. Is this Let's
0: NFL see. Network up here? All right. Rapidport probably it, drank all the booze. Yeah, for sure. The booze is deep. gone. Whoa. Wow. Oh. oh. We got
3: your little
9: coffee machine here.
0: Okay. Then we got the. That's like a plain snack thing. Yeah, dynamo. Oh, Dynamo's oh. are fucking good, dude. Oh. So we got some
9: of that. Oh, and then this. How long these little? That's a. Nobody's eating the the celery. Some <laughs> <laughs> the type of a little handover thing. So that's that's. what oh, they're gonna bring, a tour. Hey,
0: they're going to bring hot food in, right? Because you guys are going to be there for what the next forty-seven hours. <laughs>
9: yeah, it's long. It's very long, dude. But I I I love. I'm like. I guess I'm a weirdo, dude. I love this event, man. Like I I love it. I, I just love getting out here, seeing these guys move around. You get a chance to watch these guys. You, you see them on tape and you're studying this, these long hours, studying tape, and it's like, now you get to actually see what their face looks like. They take their helmet off, you get a chance to see these guys and and, and watch them work. It's always fun.
0: Okay, so you have a top 50. We, We took a picture of your top 20. Whenever you think about these guys that you're projecting to do well, there's a lot less quarterbacks than in other classes, right? This is a very, very uh, drought year almost for quarterback needy teams. There happens to be a lot of them. But when you go through this list, is there anybody that can move up from this combine? Or is this basically locked in and a combine means absolutely nothing?
9: No, I mean, look, you, you can help yourself, uh, you know, to me, you, you got to do something exceptional, right, you got to do something pretty incredible to get out there and, and kind of and make a big leap at this point in time in the process, the tape is always going to be more important than anything else, um, but you get a guy like Trevon Walker, who's at Georgia, and uh, you know, he's he's going to be 6'5", 270 something pounds, Jeez. he's going to run like the low four sixes, he's got 35 inch arms, like He's like, he's just got some freaky stuff going on. And then when you kind of watch him on tape, the way Georgia plays, they play him in that kind of a tight alignment. They play him inside the tackle. They don't really loosen him up and free him up to rush. So some of the knocks, like, wow, well, he only has like six sacks. Well, they don't really they don't really cut him loose. And so you get a chance for a guy like that to come out here and show what he can do athletically. And it's like, okay, now we loosen this guy up a little bit and we'll see that production that maybe you didn't have there at Georgia.
7: Daniel, how much like business do you witness going on? There? I know all the agents are there, the front office from the teams. I know speaking to different agents, like that's where they go. They go to the combine when they want to talk to the teams and get their guys' deals and set things up for the future. Do you witness a lot of that? Yeah, I mean, you go out to uh, Harry Nixie's last
9: night and have dinner, and you see every all the NFLs in there, and you see a mixture of agents and teams. And they're talking about, you know, laying the groundwork, I should say, for for what's getting ready to take place with free agency and kind of gauging where the market is for guys. And you start hearing, you know, as you go through the week, you start hearing who some of the hot names are and who's got a lot of juice uh, moving forward. So I think a lot of that stuff, a lot of that groundwork gets laid this week.
0: Okay, so when you're at Harry and Izzy's, which is same kitchen as St. Elmo's, okay. uh, much more modern, updated situation. Okay, right. so Harry and Izzy's is, and I think I believe the sheriff has potential partial ownership of this. Oh, really? Really? I think so. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Place is fantastic. There's a lot of great places, and Indianapolis loves hosting it. But just like you're talking about, it feels like so much gets done. How much are the coaches paying attention to what's going on on the field? Because we saw uh, McVay, Shanahan, and Bob Sala say, hey, we're not going. And they're all friends. And people would say, well, that's the Rams, that's the Niners, and obviously the Jets are deciding not to go, who have four picks in the first 38. Do you think, like, coaches don't really get as much out of this outside of the networking and socializing when it comes to the event? And is this something we should look forward to or think about is going to happen in the future?
9: Well, you know, I think – since the world kind of turned to zoom um and face and facetime being able to be in those interviews without actually physically being in there that there's some value for that they can stay they can continue to kind of catch up on the draft process the coaches don't get a, a chance to start on this stuff till after the season's over so um you know i get it from that standpoint and the coverage you know we we have you can see almost everything we got going on here plus you can watch the video of the workouts as well so I, kind of, I understand it but i i personally think there's value in just being around these guys like if you guys are going to hire somebody for your company i think the more time you can be around them it's going to help you make the right hire maybe more importantly help keep you
7: from from making the wrong one i agree i concur so uh daniel i know there was like all this uh you know this controversy leading up to the combine i guess about them not letting players come in they're going to create a bubble and all this stuff now they let that go there's no bubble there so are guys walking around with teams of 15, 20 people with them? Like, what, are they allowed to have, bring everyone they <laughs> Anybody
0: want? Anybody in any geese? Any
9: body gurus <laughs> in any geese? I, 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 know, I know, like, the faces of all these trainers because you see them at these things every year. I don't know. I, God, I'm so terrible with names. But they're all here, dude. They're all muscled up. The shirts have gotten smaller. The arms have gotten bigger. <laughs> uh, and these dudes will all be running in the hallways, as you guys know, when they're trying to get loosened up, like, day and two days before. So, yeah, I think the whole crew is here.
0: Isn't that crazy? Because that wasn't like that all the time. It wasn't like that for a long time. And then body specialist performance coaches started coming into the world. Body gurus started coming in the world. Private ops. Dude. Yeah.
9: Calvin Johnson didn't even brings shoes. Like he wasn't even going to run here. He didn't even bring football cleats. And then like on a whim, like we'd interviewed him the night before and, and going through the interviews, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to run. And I remember Ozzy or some of the guys kind of gave him a hard time about that. But anyway, Jesus on the line, everybody's running. He's like, yeah. Uh, let me borrow some cleats borrow some cleats and ran like four three four.
0: (laughs) (laughs) he might have done it by the way he's such a good businessman that might have been something he actually I'm going to act like I'm not going to do it I'll take Uh somebody else's shoes and then we'll do the entire thing but that whole thought process of the body gurus being around and taking care of them I think because we know more about the body now that's why that is more uh, alluring for people I think it's always been around to do stuff and do like private body specialization but now it's become like if you're a high profile athlete and you're not doing it you're lacking behind. Do you think that's why we see it seems to be faster every year? Every year it seems like, holy shit. I don't know if the top speed is becoming faster, but more people are hitting that top speed. Do you think that is why that is the case? And do you think that trend will only continue as well?
9: Well, look, I I know you guys went to big time programs I, I was at Appalachian State but like Welcome. we ate hamburgers and hot dogs every day for food like we didn't have no nutrition program <laughs> in colleges this stuff is all trickled all the way down you know where these guys are more more cognizant of what they're eating what they're what they're doing how they're training so I think it's that's you know probably one of the reasons why you, you see these guys that the speed's continuing in depth is, is what you're saying you know it used to be you'd see one corner two corners run low four three mid four three Everybody else was high four fours. There's like a big gap. And now it's like, dude, you, you'll have 15 corners, you know, 4-4 four, four below. Like, it's just it's crazy how fast these guys are.
0: Dudes are 275 running like 4-4-5s. Four, four, <laughs> it's Stupid. like, what the? F- wow. He oh, yeah.
9: ran 4-3-7 at, at his pro day last year. Ooh.
0: So fast, so fast. The game's only speeding up until it's not, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking yeah. with Cam Hayward about the big bodies coming back. Go ahead, Tony.
3: DJ, I'm going to try to use you to make some money here. Evan Neal is the favorite to go number one overall. And then Kenny Pickett is the favorite to be the first quarterback selected. Do you see those either of those going any other way?
9: I, I still I think that's wide open. I, I wouldn't feel great about the Evan Neal one just because I think there's two there's so many options there for the Jags. Um, it's not even I mean for me he's not even the top offensive lineman. I have Iquanu ahead of him, but you're know, trying to figure out what the Jags are going to do, and um, I, I wouldn't feel great about that one. Kenny Pickett you know according i think he's the the top quarterback entering this part of the process most of the teams that i talk to feel like he's the top quarterback but it's you know it takes one team you just you need one team to fall in love with you and that all changes
0: do you think there's going to be a lot of moves here because i guess jacksonville is already shopping it yeah. is there any players that people want to go up and get
9: no this is about <laughs> this is about the depth oh. like this draft is you're selling the depth so to me i just I, I kind of laugh because you always hear like, oh, they're willing to they're willing to talk. They're yeah, everyone wants to go in reverse. You got to find somebody who wants to go forward. Like that's that's the challenge in this draft, and I, I don't I don't think they're going to have any success being able to get out of there. People trade up for, for quarterbacks.
0: I mean, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It doesn't now. seem like there's any quarterbacks this year. Now, if you get a DN guy though, who like the guy you said out of Jordan Trayvon or Trayvon or. For sure to know his name, he seems like he's going to be a guy. <laughs> like, uh, seems like he is he's 6'5, 275. He said only at six or whatever. But if he runs something insane and jumps insane, and then they look back and find some clips, you know, they start finding some clips from the season where they're like, oh, that's our defense. That's against a style of player. You can see how somebody can maybe get excited about a pass rusher, right? Quarterback, pass rusher, that's about it.
9: Yeah, I think it, you, you nailed it with pass rushers. So teams will trade up for pass rushers. But this year, there's a zillion of them. Like you, uh-huh. you've got you've got Hutchinson, who I think is the best player in the draft. Um, he's gonna he's gonna test really well out here. Thibodeau is kind of a wild card. Some people like him, others don't. You've got Walker, who I just mentioned. There's a kid, Jermaine Johnson, at Florida State, who, when talking that's to the guys, been guys, working out. Yeah, he was, he's like 263 pounds. He ran 4'5'9 the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, I love these player. I'm gonna trade up for him, but why? I got there's another one right behind him. Like this this we could have eight. Edge rushers going the first round this year.
0: Jeez, law quarterback
1: hate going on. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, DJ. Because of that quarterback hate, do you think are you finding that uh, decision makers that are there this week are doing more due diligence on impending like free agent quarterbacks who are already available? Like, uh, it, it, is anyone who we don't think is going to take a quarterback going to take one of these guys, or is that probably not going to happen?
9: Well, I think I think that you know when you see quarterbacks get pushed up, uh, you know, and you look at years that that's happened. It's because you're in a situation as a team where you almost, you know, you've, you've got you almost got a panic or a pressure on you. Right now, nobody feels that because all these veterans, you know, five teams think they're getting the same veteran quarterback. Um, Aaron Rodgers.
0: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah
9: exactly, exactly. <laughs> He's under so, the Colts. I heard. I heard he was coming on your show to announce that one way or the other. When's that going down?
0: Yeah. Well. I heard that was happening on Tuesday. It did not. We, we are now on Wednesday. I have no idea. You've got to ask that guy next to you on the other side over there. He's the one that probably knows more than anybody, but that's an interesting situation. But you're right, I guess, huh? Everybody still thinks they can get a veteran quarterback right now, so this rookie quarterback class that's coming in is a very interesting one to watch.
9: Yeah, but what, what's going to happen, Pat, is you're going to see, uh, you know, we get through free agency, and somebody's going to be left – holding the bag here. And then all of a sudden this quarterback in the draft that they kind of liked all of a sudden starts looking a lot better at that point.
0: Yeah. You see him just start skyrocketing on your, how do you know? Did they tell you like, Hey, we like this guy, move him up your thing. You're going to look stupid.
9: No, I don't really like the mock draft thing is that's how you have that movement. I don't really care about that. Like that's just all what I'm hearing. So that I would do that for that. But like my top 50 list, that's like my personal opinion on the players. So I'll defend that. But people that lose their mind on mock drafts, I kind of laugh. I'm like, dude, it's just what I've heard. I mean, I can't unhear what I heard. That's all it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people do get worked up about mock drafts. We'll have a full reaction to oh, mock oh, drafts. Yeah. I, I assume. We're, look at this because our draft's spectacular 3.0. Hey, I
9: ago, or no, how many years ago? This is probably four or five years ago because I used to have to do a lot of them, like eight of them. Now I think I only do like four of them. But one of them, my son, was like, he was like 13, and I was like, all right, buddy, here's how I rank the players, here's the teams, go get them. And, uh, and I used the majority of his mock draft. In that, yes, mock draft. that was awesome.
0: <laughs> People go bananas over these things. It was a 13-year-old. That is amazing. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Dan, how often does like, the combine
2: actually hurt a guy's stock? Like, Why would Hutchinson even like, go out there and run if you already think and other teams think that he's the top prospect?
9: Yeah, I mean Ozzy used to always say, fast guys run fast. Like if you're if you're gonna test really well, <laughs> just go do it, right? Just get a chance to go out there and show off a little bit. But I remember you remember when when Quentin Nelson was coming out and he's like, Yeah, no, I'm not doing anything And they're like, Oh, you gonna wait for your pro day? No. Like nothing like i'm not doing it why why would i I, I, you've seen everything i don't need to do it so (laughs) i i think it it just kind of works however however you want to do it i think you leave it up to the kid but i know one thing gosh if i could freaking jump 40 inches and i could run that fast i'm going to do it every time i get a chance
0: to do it by the way quentin nelson can dunk Mm-hmm. Yeah. he runs down the field every single play he mm-hmm. probably would have tested very well I would assume it would have been just one of those even added things he's like nah no, I ain't doing
9: this first guy. time I met him first time I met him he was at a training facility in Carlsbad and uh, so I go out there and the guy that runs the facility says hey Quentin this is Daniel Jeremiah he works NFL Network for the draft coverage and he, he looks at me shakes my hand and goes oh so you're one of those nerds that just sits in the ba- in his mom's basement and just watch <laughs> yeah nice to meet you <laughs>
7: hey dan is it scouting people now i know you have a scouting background is it harder or easier now than it was say 15 years ago
9: i think it's a thousand times easier like the access to the video like i went from when i started like in 03 we were still using beta tapes so it went from beta tapes to eventually cds which was incredible because you wouldn't have to lug around all these tapes and then it went to having like a huge drive where you could have the video on it to now, it's all it's all in the cloud. It's all on your computer, and I can cut up the video any way I want. It used to be like, oh, man, I think this guy can play in the nickel, and you'd be in a draft meeting, and somebody would say, well, if you watch him against Southwest Missouri, I think he got some snaps in there. We'd have to go scramble around and find it. Now I get on the computer, punch in all his nickel snaps, and boom, I can watch him right now.
0: But don't you – isn't every answer given by the guy all choreographed, though, and staged, but you don't really get to know the human at all now as opposed to back in the day, right? Don't you think? Yeah, but there's like the crafty
9: questions you can get around it. Uh, one year we had uh, a bunch of Michigan guys and they had a bunch of defensive guys. And we would ask them who the leader of the defense was. And they would all say, David Harris, David Harris, David Harris, except one guy said, no, nah, it's me. And, uh, and we're like, huh, everybody else on the team says David Harris. So Ozzie, Ozzie News goes, well, you guys watch extra tape, right? Who organized the meetings? He goes, oh, I organized the meetings. And Ozzie goes, who held the clicker? And he goes, David Harris. And we go, all right, we're good. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can catch him there, obviously, in a situation. But I feel like every answer given by these young guys, they're like media pros. Everybody's so savvy nowadays, it feels like, those young guys. I got a chance to dap up Icky. I think he's their number two guy, the NC State offensive lineman. And I got a chance to chat with him. It felt like I actually, you know, got – seems like a good fucking – all these kids seem like great dudes nowadays. I, like, I, I might be right. Am I wrong in that or am I – right? Like. No, I think the vast
9: majority of them are. I mean, there, there's a couple guys probably have a couple questions they have to answer this week, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a bunch of good dudes. Like I just like to get a chance to. You might not get the, you know, the perfect answer, but you learn about their personalities. Um, I was talking to a team when Darius Leonard was coming out, and they said, uh, "All right, Darius, like, what's it, give me an example of a successful rookie year?" And he goes, he like without batting eyes says, first of all, I'm going to take somebody's job," and he. <laughs> Second of all, I'm going to keep that job. And third of all, I'm going to go to the Pro Bowl. And he said, that was it. That's all he said. Like, okay, all right, good. And I like the fact he distinguished between taking his job and then keeping it because that, that he's not getting it back.
0: That is unbelievable. So, like, whenever you hear those types of things, you immediately know this guy's a guy. And you have to you have to get very clever in there, right? Because we all hear from the outside who are a part of those meetings. Like, this morning, Coach Sirianni, uh, who's here with us. Coach Sirianni, we've heard about you having people shoot at mini-hoops in the past. What did you learn about Sam Howe when he went two of five in your mini-hoop shooting game?
1: Yeah, well, it's pretty simple. You know, he, he made two and missed three in a row. He's not a dog. He does not have dog mentality. Jalen does have dog mentality. So, we will not be drafting Sam
0: Howell. Okay, thank you, Coach. I hope you're having a great off-season. Thank you. Thank you. Combine's
1: what, all fun. Um, Beautiful See.
0: All right, anyways. Uh, but <laughs> that type of thing feels like a good idea. Like, people have to get very creative now because everybody's prepared for everything. Is there anything other than, um like, putting a buddy in a pretzel there that you've heard that people try to do in there to uh, get them to open up or compete or be themselves?
9: Yeah, I mean, I... uh it's different now. I don't think, first of all, there's rules in terms of what you can ask and what you can't ask now. So it used to be the, the wild, wild West in those rooms. I'm, I'm sure you guys, AJ probably had some of those where coaches wanted to test you. Um, I can remember, you know, there was a legendary story about a defensive line coach um, who once Jared Allen sat down, um, but he, he basically called him a coward um, with the way that he played or something. And then Jared Allen like leaped across the, the table to try and fight him. Uh, so, Those days, I think, are over. I think we've, but uh, it used to be pretty. Yeah, it used to be different, much different.
0: Oh, we want this guy. Yeah, Yeah. we (laughs) thought this was who you were, by the way. Yeah, this was all big. Imagine Jared Allen on top um, (laughs) to that guy too. I'm out of here or whatever. They're like, yeah, that's exactly what we hoped it happened. That's insane because trying to learn about somebody you're going to invest in. You talked about this is a very difficult thing to do, especially in a very guarded world that we're in. I think the mini hoop and there's like rock paper scissors. I guess happens. Pete Carroll took his shirt off.
1: Yep, with DK.
0: Trying to open him up, like just trying to get people to be a human for a second as opposed to a robot is a beautiful thing. Uh, We can't thank you enough for joining us. Move the sticks.
9: I appreciate you guys, man. I enjoy it. My, By the way, my, my nephews, I don't know that they've ever seen me on television in the last 10 years, but every time I come on McAfee, I know I'm going to get a text message. And they're so fired up, man. So you got fans everywhere, dude.
0: Well, we're very lucky. We're thankful for people like you coming on the show. Please tell your nephews we said what's up. You could have gave their names and a shout-out, but you're a bad uncle, obviously. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) bad uncle, great scout, and great man behind the entire combine in the NFL draft. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Jeremiah. Ladies and gentlemen, defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders, out of Eastern Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, Max Crosby. Yeah! Hey, what's yes, up, sir? How are you, man? Congrats on the Pro Bowl, dude. Well yeah. deserved. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Hey, no problem. It's very well deserved. I think, as we all have learned about your story, we did a little research. Not a thousand percent sure, but we'd like to get a two year anniversary, I believe, of you being completely sober. Let's Hell go, yeah. oh, dude. Congrats uh, on that. Um, it, when you come into the NFL, fourth round draft pick out of Eastern Michigan, did you kind of get caught up in the game? Was it what was it you think that kind of did it lead you astray? Was it kind of your thing? And then what was a moment where you decided, hey, I can be an absolute beast in this game if I get focused. Did that happen? And is that where you ended up where you're at now?
8: Yeah, you know, it honestly started from. You know the first time i started partying i knew i kind of wasn't like everybody else i couldn't just have one drink and be yeah. cool yeah. i just kind of hit the ground running so um it was always kind of a crutch for me so um i feel like it was something that was holding me back um and it just kept getting progressively worse and worse so i finally you know looked myself in the mirror and um you know i always always knew deep down i could be a great player um if i put everything into it um and that was kind of my thing hold me back so you know once i once i committed you know myself to football and my family and and staying away from the the party scene and drinking and all that shit sorry pardon my language um you, how kinda... don't
5: you fucking dare say okay, that
8: <laughs> yeah, my bad my bad i can say whatever the fuck i want yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway good. uh yeah you know i just i just um committed myself you know 100 percent to my craft and and my work and You know, it's been paying off. So I just, you know, got to keep going that direction.
0: Hey, I had to do that as well. I got arrested for it to happen. Public intoxication and mocked by everybody. And it was kind of like, you know, everybody else that I'm hanging around that's in the NFL seems to be like eating healthy and like, you know, fully committed. I'm just kind of like nonchalant this entire thing, drinking, having a good time. What could happen? Not everybody can make that decision. So you and your story being super public is going to inspire a lot of people. So thank you for that and for being transparent while you're in the league, dude.
8: Absolutely, I appreciate it, man. That's at the end of the day, that's kind of what it's what it you know came down to. You know, after I got my year sober, um, I kind of wanted to just be vocal about it because I know, you know, obviously you you were in the NFL locker room. You know, shit is a little bit crazier than what people you know know. So, um, you same with you, AJ. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of being able to give back and, and give a different perspective on things.
0: All right, let's talk about football. What happened this year that made you kind of explode onto the scene? You know, I think everybody knew about you, obviously. This year, though, was your, hey, how you doing? My name's Max Crosby. I'm a fucking beast. That, <laughs> that was what this year was for you. What do you think it was? Was it getting smarter, getting in better shape? What do you think it was this year?
8: Yeah, I think it was just a combination. You know, uh, after my second year um, in the league, I, I was a, That tattoo is know, sick. That
0: is a sweet uh, tattoo, dude.
8: I appreciate Sheep it. it um, <laughs>
0: yeah. That's sick. You know, uh, oh, yeah, sick but the look, Oh.
6: <laughs> Damn. Jesus. All
0: right, sorry about
6: it.
8: Anyway, yeah, you know, it kinda you know, after my second year, I wasn't, you know, I was far from happy of where I was. You know, I felt like I was doing doing well and doing some good things, but I knew I wasn't the complete uh, player I know I can be. And I just, you know, going to that offseason I was, I had to get surgery, get my shoulder fixed, my hand fixed. Um, and I just fully committed from meal prep to extra work to being the first in the building, you know, in the Raiders facility from the start of the offseason all the way to the end of the year. So, um, you know, that's just kind of what it was for me. I feel like nobody outworked me. Um, and that's kind of my new formula. You know, that's what's been working. And that's what I've, you know, continue to do this off season as well. So just trying to be the hardest worker in the room and get myself in the best possible shape I can be in so I could just go, you know, longer than everybody else.
0: That's fucking awesome, dude. Shout out to the so, rock.
7: So what do you know what do you know about your new head coach, uh Josh McDaniels coming in there? And also like what was Rick uh Rich Bisaccio like? We've heard so much about this dude, how great of a job he is, like that he did the the letters that we saw the picture of him writing letters to you guys. Like what did he mean to your team and also like do you have any have you had communication with the new head coach, McDaniels, and what do you think it's going to look like?
8: Yeah, you know, with, I, I'll start with Rich. You know, Rich, uh, he's one of the the best coaches I've had, um, hands down. You know, just from a – when you think about players, coaches, a lot of people think of the, you know, the younger guy who's cool with everybody and, you know, you're able to talk to and have those cool conversations, you know, past football. But Rich was, Rich was that guy that no matter what was going on, he would always be there, you know, to have those real conversations and – uh he would always push you like he had like it's hard because rich is a a lot of people hear the good things about rich but rich is a motherfucker he'll, (laughs) he'll, he'll he'll let you know if you're not if you're not up to that standard he's gonna let you know and he'll make it public in front of everybody in front of the team um but he you respect him at the same time so everybody had that mutual respect for him so he could be real honest and be an asshole when he needed to be but everybody respected him because he knew he everybody knew he was coming from a genuine place so um that dude I, I love that dude to death and obviously you know I I went to the end of the you know end of the world to try to you know have him back and things like that but that's the nature of this business you really have no control you know at the end of the day so I just did my piece um and I felt like you know that that was what it was but you know coach McDaniels you know he's he's been awesome you know ever since he got in he called me right away um all the new staff they've been. You know, communicating with me and seeing me in the building every morning, and um, we've had some awesome talks. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm obviously going to take the things I learned from Marinelli and Rich and all those guys, um, and keep applying that, you know, in my career. But you know, obviously, Coach McDaniels brings a whole other, you know, aspect of it, and he's he's won a lot of games. So. Um, I'm looking forward to it for sure.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you don't care about the work that like, that's all you do. Like you're just a worker. So it doesn't give it. Cause that's always the narrative about the Patriots. Like, Oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And I don't know if that's what Josh McDaniels is going to do. He's already had a chance to be a head coach before went back, dabbled a little bit with the Colts, turned the plane around, actually landed in sin city. Mm-hmm. Now I'll be excited mm-hmm. to see what this iteration of Josh McDaniels will be as a head coach. Speaking of Las Vegas, It looks like, hey, you got a nice setup over there. Hey, that's blue skies up there. Are you in Vegas full time? Yeah? Love it over
8: there? Got some palm trees. Wow. It's beautiful. I love it out
0: here. Yeah, do you? I mean, it is. You would think as somebody who decided to become sober when you were in (laughs) Vegas, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but that would be a tough decision. (laughs) But for the Raiders fan base and for those home games and how you guys have been accepted in Las Vegas, it seems like a perfect fit.
8: Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people ask me that all the time. They're like, man, how would you get sober in, in Vegas? I, that doesn't even seem possible. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when I was in Ypsilanti, Michigan at Eastern, I was still finding ways to get fucking... Vegas B-y. can be anywhere. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. For people like me, I can find problems anywhere. So, you know, being sober, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Um, obviously, there's there's distractions and that's kind of amplified here, but... I live in Henderson, I'm, you know, ducked away and in a quiet neighborhood, so um, it's not like I'm hiding from it, you know, I've got enough time under my belt where, you know, I don't have to really you know, I'm not stressed about it, but um, it's, it's beautiful out here, it's actually it's not exactly what everyone, you know, expects when they hear about Vegas.
0: Yeah, I've had friends that have moved to Vegas, I'm like, I could, I don't know how you're doing, I don't know how you're doing, it's like, well, I don't I live nowhere near the Strip <laughs> like, they, it's not just one street, you know it's an entire area, and I've heard it's gorgeous out there, the weather seems great and I think it's like very affordable like some of these houses if i do recall like guys were buying mega mansions out there just having a good time congrats to you man you're going to be a pillar of the raiders in vegas brand new team for the next 10 years that has to feel pretty cool too do you do you respect that do you appreciate that with and do you talk to mr davis at all
8: yeah uh you know that's something you know i look at it as a responsibility you know that's why i continue to put in the work i do because no matter you know as far as contracts and as far as success and and ups and downs, like, I know the work comes first, so, um, and I got a responsibility to the whole fan base, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started of where I can be, you know, I want to be a Hall of Famer, I want to be, um, one of the guys that, you know, you look back and you think about Raiders, all-time Raider greats, I want to be one of those guys, so, you know, it's a responsibility for me to show up every day and be, you know, the first guy in the building, and continue to get better, but yeah, you know, uh, Mr. Davis, me and him got a good relationship, um, you know, he's one of those guys that you know he bleeds silver and black. He's he's at every game. He's you know he loves Raider Nation. He wants to do what's best for us. So yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. You know he's he's a, yeah, we, he's a different dude, but he's
0: he's awesome. Yeah, we saw him with a starter jacket on, with a backpack, sitting down yeah. in a high back chair. Oh yeah. In a uh, in the, after the one per club meeting. Yeah. 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 He had a silver jacket on, mm-hmm. a backpack. And sitting down with his backpack shoved up <laughs> over his head, looking up at the media, giving answers. It's like this dude does not give a damn. About, this guy is awesome. And then, what was it outside? They were trying to ask him questions. Going yeah. dinner. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man.
8: He's, he's a little unorthodox, but, you know, that's that's basically our whole our whole fan base and everybody. We're a little bit different. Yeah, so.
0: it's a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful, uh, like, melting pot. The Raiders nation has always been, it felt like, and always a tough place to play. And it feels like you guys win games that nobody expects you to win. You're in, a, obviously, a tough division. And whenever we chat about the Raiders, it's always like, hey, they're going to win games that nobody expects it to, and then something will happen at the end. Derek Carr is a large portion of a lot of conversation about the future of the Raiders because there was a deal. There was no deal. There's no long term deal. Now there's a new head coach. They're working an extension. But every time he plays, he seems to put up big numbers and it seems like everybody likes him. What's he like off the field? And do, do you guys how do you guys keep out all the noise about the future of the program with Derek Carr, especially with the success you guys have? But ultimately, there's only one team that wins the Super Bowl every year.
8: Yeah, you know, obviously for some random weird reason, Derek, like, is always the topic of discussion. I see him trending on Twitter and always being talked about. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like just being a part of the Raider Nation and this, you know, market, like, people are constantly talking about us and there's constantly drama and crazy shit going on. So, you know, Derek being being the face of it, being the quarterback, you know, he gets the brunt of it um, no matter what. So you know, I feel like you become numb to it after a while, you know, in my position, I know I'm not the quarterback, but I'm a captain and, you know, I got responsibility and I'm I'm talked about a lot. So I feel like it's just, you kind of get numb to it after a while. You know, people are, there's either negativity or positivity. There's either drama and coaching and players doing shit. And it's just constantly stuff going on and you just kind of become numb to it um, after a while. So, you know, Derek does a great job. He's, he's an awesome dude. You know, he, uh, He's just like us, you know, he's he's a good dude. He's down to earth and you know, he's a great teammate at the end of the day. And, you know, people can say whatever they want, but they don't really know how he is every day. And um I think he's just a, he's a great teammate and a great dude.
0: That's great to hear from you and from his teammates. I seen him one night on Thursday night football lose his groin. His groin fell off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it looked like his career was over. Yeah. Never gonna play I mean again. it looked like his career was over and then Marcus Mariota came in, mm-hmm. threw an absolute dime and I accidentally said something the next day like Man, looks like Derek Carr just lost his entire groin. That's that's a season-ender, at least. And then Mariota's balling. I thought he was done as a Raider. I thought he was done as a Raider. But then he's going to send it. It feels like his story over there with that franchise is always it's always up in the air. But that year where he was on an MVP run... Mm-hmm. And then it was the Christmas Eve game against us where he got hurt. It was just like, ah, that was you know, that how different is his resume and legacy if that year happens? There's probably a lot less conversation and drama, but that's the NFL, I guess. Go ahead, Tom. Uh Max, we
3: had Taylor Lewon in studio yesterday and he kinda like he was talking kind of shit about people who try really hard in the Pro Bowl and you won Pro Bowl defensive MVP. Oh, yeah. The, and I, I'm not saying you were trying hard, but you were trying a little harder than other people. Did anyone give you any shit for that, or did you get a sweet prize for getting the MVP?
0: It was in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Vegas. Yeah, hmm.
8: that's that's funny. I know Taylor. You know Taylor likes to talk a lot. <laughs> you know I'm not. You know I'm not gonna talk anymore about him. But at the end of the day, you know I Coach Marinelli. He uh he was texting me the whole week. You know, and he's you know Marinelli. He's a legend. He's an old school guy. And he was texting me after the first day of practice because he saw a video of me not running to the ball. He's like, You better get your ass running, blah, blah, blah. You better, the standard is the standard, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Show everybody what the fuck we do. And I'm like, All right, shit. So I start practicing a little bit harder during the week and doing my thing. And then once I got to the game, I was like, I'm not just going to go out here and play patty cake. Like, I'm going to actually work my moves a little bit, but not kill anybody at the same time. So. There were some guys on the field that were a little sensitive, but it is what it is. You know, we were in Vegas. I had to go out there and you know put a show on for the fans <laughs> and
0: you did. By the way, oh, are yeah. you not entertained a couple times? Yeah. Win the MVP in their place goes crazy. Somebody was like, chill the fuck out. Is that what they were saying? Hey, hey, third year. Hey, third year.
4: <laughs> there <laughs> year. was a couple. Yeah, <laughs> <is> there, <laughs>
0: yeah, I would assume there was a few people that are not exactly thrilled. What did you win? A truck?
8: Uh, no, I got a I got a twenty thousand donate uh, twenty thousand dollar donation to my. Uh, my stand up for Pits foundation. So, you know, I'm saving a lot of, a lot of pit bulls lives out there and that's, that's all I can
0: ask for. Okay. We go. I have oh, a, yeah. I have a pit sharp egg currently going through a little bit of an infection. I appreciate what you're doing over there. Go ahead, Ty,
1: Max, we were sure. talking about how much bigger you are in person. And I don't know why I, didn't think you would be before I saw you at the Super Bowl, but like then you look at like your combine stuff and your measurables. I think people who maybe don't know that much about you would assume you went to Alabama or Ohio State or something like that. Like, did you grow into your body late? How did you end up at Eastern Michigan?
8: Yeah, so I was kind of you know I was a late bloomer. Like I was, I didn't grow until like my senior year. Like my junior, senior year, I grew like four inches. So I was a middle linebacker my whole career, and I was like a short, stockier, chubby dude. <laughs> and then all of a sudden i got way taller and i was like obviously i can't play middle linebacker six four six five so um they moved me down to the d line and i played a little bit of tight end but eastern was the only school to offer me they uh they offered me right before my senior year um, before i ever played it down at D N. so that was my only offer and i took it and obviously i got family and everything back in michigan so i felt like it was a perfect fit and at the end of the day i just wanted to play d1 so they gave me that opportunity and you know, we, we got to go there and, and change that that culture around. So it was, it was dope.
0: I think Robert Mathis, right, said that he loves – yeah, Robert Mathis mm-hmm. said, like, he loves yeah. your game or whatever. Yeah, he he's, a, he's a big fan. He runs uh, something called the Gridiron Gang, where people come train. He runs, like, camps basically every single day. There's pro guys. There's college guys that get in there. Do you work with anybody? Do you watch anybody's film? Who who are some people in the pass rush world, you think, that have influenced you or continue to do so?
8: Yeah, you know, the pass rush – community in general is is dope you know we all talk to each other from you know i talked to von and aaron donald and chandler jones are you know they're good friends of mine so i just try to you know no matter if they're d end or d tackle um i try to i try to just pick everyone's brain you know chris jones as well um you know those are the guys that i want to you know talk to because i feel like you know i could be on that level um I've, i've shown a little bit of what i can do um, as far as the sample size, I haven't done it for years and years and years, but that's where I want to be. I want to be in the Von Miller, the Defensive Player of the Year type conversation and, you know, having a guy like T.J. Watt, you know, being at Pro Bowl with him all week, we were just talking the whole time, just talking ball, and that's kind of what it comes down to. So, yeah, you know, I, I work with a ton of guys from Chuck Smith to Brandon Jordan and, you know, all the the Raiders strength staff as far as off the season work and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I've, I've had conversations with Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis and, you know, Coach Marinelli—he's one of those guys that literally coached like tons of Hall of Famers. So he's just an easy resource if I want to talk to somebody. He's like, all right, I got his number. Here's his number. So he makes it a lot easier. So I just want to, you know, continue to keep working and and get in that conversation for sure.
7: That's awesome, Max. Do you know if uh, Mark Davis has started construction yet on that Raiders-themed house that he's building up there? <laughs> if so, are you going to attend uh, one of the first parties? <laughs>
8: I don't know if the construction has started. I know where it's at. Like I know the location. Um, you know, last year I was looking around for uh I was just looking at houses with, you know, my, my new fiance. Oh, and, congrats, uh, congrats, congrats, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. congrats. Appreciate that. Edible. And um, yeah, we we saw where it was. It's like literally on top of this mountain <laughs> looking over the city. So yeah, it, I, don't, I don't know if it started or not yet, but it's supposed to be just like a mini Allegiant Stadium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait for you to build your own someday as you continue to dominate the NFL and life. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. You're inspiring a lot of people and kicking a lot of ass. It's awesome.
8: Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys.
0: Hey, I just want to let you know, I have a pretty good pass set. So, <laughs> like, we ever get in real life, keep the confidence high whenever I potentially, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. A little bit yeah, of you know, don't let these mitts get on you.
8: These mitts get strong punter hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, right. exactly.
0: You know what I mean? You gotta catch the ball. Is there any guys you played against that holy shit, this is a grown ass man when they put their hands on you?
8: Tyrone Smith. Yeah. I played Tyrone Smith this year. That dude is he literally his hands are this big. <laughs> if he put hands on you, you're done. There's no no chance.
0: That's the entire game for the offensive lineman, right? That's that's the they're just trying to get the paws on you
8: yeah absolutely he's hand battling all day
0: and when he got his hands on you it was just a little bit more of a feel like your body compressed a little bit more or what was it?
8: Yeah it was more like I felt them hit my chest and I assumed okay I'm going to just keep working through it and there was no movement my
0: arms were <laughs> in place I was stuck uh, that's awesome keep growing one day you're going to be that guy kind of doing it to people <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Max Crosby thank you buddy yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being back, there's a man back in a head coaching role in the NFL. Formerly of the Bears, the University of Illinois, he's been coaching for I don't know, like 50 years at this point. Yeah. Signed beard delivered. New head coach of the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> hey, How's it how you doing? Thank you oh, for fun. coming in. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank sir. you so much. Sure, you go. God, that beard looks good. Yeah. Wow clean uh if you want to put on a headset you can it's up to you aj hawk will be in the camera he's in ohio he i don't know if you know uh aj or not but uh yeah you do you know aj the bears obviously the rivalry goes a long way you now okay are being tasked with being the head coach of a program that seems to be in quite a turnover now last year you guys were able to win games this year there's a lot of turnover how excited are you to be back in that seat and what do you kind of look at the next couple months here
6: <laughs> as we get ready for the season Pat, there's 32 of these jobs, so very excited <laughs> about it. Um, you're right. We did some good things last year. Uh, football has been my life forever, and to continue to be able to continue to do it, um, so many great relationships throughout, and to, you know, come down to Houston, a new group group of guys, and uh, you know, I'm a Texas boy too. So high school football in Texas. And then get a chance to lead your professional football team. is pretty special. A lot of work to be done. We realize that. But uh, the process has started. Only
0: one Super Bowl champion every year. And the fact that, you know, you go from Chicago and then you go to college. And everybody's like, wait a second. Is he going to stay? And then you come back to the NFL. What, did you learn anything in your time down there? Or were you like, I need to get back to the NFL while you're
6: down well, there? Well, a part of that, too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think every year you coach and um, you learn something. You know, different athlete, young athlete. Uh, There's a lot of other things that go along with coaching college football, just not football. You know, just a period of coaching football all day, as much as you want to grind just on it, uh, that's what the NFL gives you. And to be able to get back in it, you know, I learned an awful lot. You know, it's a different college game. You know, on the defensive side of the football, uh, no huddle offenses. You know, don't really care an awful lot about – you know, the quarterback, well, no, I should say an awful lot about him. It's just that quarterback run-oriented offenses, yeah. a little bit different. But to get back into the NFL, um, it's been pretty special. And last year, even though we lost a lot of games, um, there's a lot of, you know, and for me to move into this role and having a chance to be with the players last year, I feel like I have a you know, step on it staff-wise too. You know, Pat, you know, one of the guys, you know, being able to get Pep Hamilton. Yeah. I know Pep, yes. You know, uh, George Warhop, you know, some of the older coaches that I've had a history with along with uh, the current staff that we have. We're pumped up.
0: Yeah, and I, it sounds like you should be, and I think everybody that's ever worked with you or played for you uh, is pumped for you to be around. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, you know, I hate Lovey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that Smith. That, that never happens. Why do you think that is the case, and how do you go about building a culture back in Houston? Because not too long ago, it was the Texans and the Colts they were running the AFC South, yes, and was. then they kind of went sideways. How do you, how do you think you build that culture, and why do you think everybody says they love Lovey Smith?
6: Well, I, I think it's always a, it, to me it's about it's been about relationships. You know, what have we gotten from sports in general? Just relationships that you form throughout, and people want to be treated a certain way. You know, I was a player too, and uh, I wanted the coach to teach me, tell me what he wanted me to do in a civil way, and I would do it. So I, the, the, the coaching influences that I had in my life, they, that's how they held themselves, that's what I saw. And I know the players responded to it. You know, they want stern teachers, and I feel like that's what I, I am. And it has it's helped me throughout uh, the relationship. I have relationships with uh, everywhere I go. You know, players, there's former players there. And being in that fraternity is pretty special.
0: Yeah, well, you've been around a long time dominating. AJ has a question for you. Yeah, I'm interested about your time
7: when you you went back to Illinois and you're you're coaching there and now back in the NFL. (laughs) Can you coach guys in college the same way you coach in the NFL?
6: Oh, AJ, I think, yes, you can. I mean, guys want to be taught. uh, Teach them, how. coach, show me how you want this to be done in a civil way. I think guys wanted that. You know, from being in the NFL, first I was in college, and then I went to the NFL. And what I was told is, don't change how you coach. This is how guys would like to be coached, and I did it. Then get a chance to come back to college. Uh, again, as I was saying, there was a different game then. And when I came back to the NFL this time, I uh, hadn't changed anything on how I did things. Uh, teach them, show them exactly how you want it to be done. There are some things that are non-negotiable, <laughs> and as far as how you win football games, that hadn't changed. I was just in a, doing an interview a little while ago, and, and guys, someone asked me about uh, cover two defense. It's been around since the beginning of time. It's not going anywhere, you know. So none of that has changed, and uh, it never will. Do you think the game's going to change though? Because it
0: got like real fast, and you experienced this in college. You said uh, not pass-oriented quarterback, a more run-oriented quarterback, and everybody was trying to get fast and speed. And defenses were getting smaller bodies in there because they go sideline to sideline. Now in the NFL, everybody's like not everybody, but there's a lot of t- Josh Allen's like six foot six. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's running powers now. They're like, and you look at the the Ravens, they're running powers. I'm not saying that everybody's doing that, but it feels like the game is going to come full circle. Which I think the guys who've been around a long time, it's probably going to favor. Do you view the game uh, doing the same? thing, or am I misreading
6: it? Well, no, I don't think you're misreading it, and that part hasn't changed, and it will not, but I just look at the two Super Bowl participants, I mean, it was kind of the same basic ball I saw them playing at the end. Uh, you know, running games are still important. Uh, you still have to be able to pass the football. You talk about athletes like Josh Allen, and it, you, you need to match that on the other side of the football, you know, with the athletes that you put over there. We've always believed in having 11 athletes on the football field. So I think that matchup is still important. Uh, When I say it had not changed, of course it's changed some. It's evolved, Uh, right? You know, I'm just looking at now, before every offensive snap, there's some type of movement. Well, you know, Mike Morris had some type of movement a, a while back. That has been a part of it. Now that seems like everyone is doing it. But eventually you have movement and you get down to some basic ball that's being played. Okay, you came out and
0: said that uh, old Dougie Davis Mills (laughs) is your guy. And we got a chance to just see him play. And then he came on the show and he just seemed like a carbon copy of what you would hope a super nerd quarterback would be. (laughs) And he's played great football. Last year, you came out and gave a a massive boat of confidence for him, I assume. What did you see behind closed doors in that year where you're not the head coach, now you are the head coach, that made you think like, hey, we got a guy here who can win football for us?
6: What I saw, and I did get a chance to see it, you know, Davis at first wasn't starting quarterbacks. He's going against the one defense each day. I got a chance to see him in every situation, Uh, his demeanor. Uh he's more of an athlete that people give him credit for. Four seven five guy. It's not hey, like he's a five whoa. three hey. type guy. What are you running? What are you running? Uh a lot slower than that. <laughs> <laughs> like most of us probably in this room. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, bingo, bingo. Yeah. But uh <laughs> Davis, he's smart. Yeah, he's a Stanford guy. He's smart. He can make all the throws. And he performed last year. So he came out early. I think if he was in this class everybody would be mm. talking about Davis Mills. So we have him there, excited about his future. And we mentioned Pep Hamilton earlier. Of course, you know, Pep, he and Pep were able to work together last year. We have a head start on that. Just uh, excited about him taking us.
0: Nick Casario had to answer questions this morning. It's partially probably our fault because we heard about this, but he was on the headset. So I think what we had learned through our research of this man is in New England, he was on the headset in the game in like, Situations and like that was a part of his job. Like, hey, this is going to be a part of it. He moves into general manager. He stayed in that world. It has become a conversation. Whenever you and him talk in chit chat, and you become the head coach, what is the relationship like? because everybody knows that's paramount that the head coach and the GM are together. And I assume you guys are going to uh, evolve through the season when bullets are flying. But what was it the initially like, and what is it like now that you're the head coach and he's the GM?
6: Well, it was good, you know, for me to for us to get on the same page. Uh talking about personnel profile that we're looking for uh, at at the defensive position last year. So got a chance to see Nick in a lot of different situations. But uh, Nick did what he thought was required, uh, or that they had agreed upon his role. Got it. He had been a part of kind of the coaching staff uh, at other places he's been. But uh, you know, it's a you know it's a different year. Uh, I've never had to GM involved like that on game Day. don't plan on doing that part. We'll all have roles, and uh, we have a coaching staff. I feel I like, can handle all of those situations on Game Day. and, and of course, Nick is okay with that. You got to be
0: pumped to get back in there, man. We're oh, all excited to see what yeah. you do
6: down there. Go ahead, Toshman. Coach, we've talked a little
1: bit about how a couple coaches aren't at the combine this week and how maybe, you know the combine now has changed a little bit. How important is it for you, and like, what will you be looking for this week? Because, like, you know, some of the testing stuff is obviously maybe a little misleading. But, like, what's more important for you is it watching the guys and seeing them in person, or is it sitting down and talking to them and seeing if you know they're the kind of guys you would want to bring in?
6: Well, I think it's all of the above. I think first off, there's a lot you can get from a combine of being here, uh, but times have changed. I mean, there's a time you know I've been doing it a few years. <laughs> there, there's a time when uh, you couldn't get. You know The video that you get now from you know, what the pandemic kind of taught us a little bit, you don't have to be just on site for all things. You kind of look at this program that we have going on right now. Uh, program. So nice. you can uh, do it a, lo- a different way. Um, some staffs aren't here at all. Some have their entire staff, and we have a combination of both. We have some of our staff here right now. But when you're a new staff, there's a lot to be done back home. Most of our staff back home evaluating video, uh, of for free agency, of course, for the draft and all of that. What I get, what I think you can get, though, those meetings are still good. You get a chance to have guys come in and you see them, see the way they walk into the room and how they're you can get some of that on video. But just that, you know, eye to eye contact, there's something different about that. My time in college, what I've found, too, is that a lot of these guys I'm seeing now are recruited in college. Some of them didn't come to my school there, and I'm, just, I'm not going to hold that against them. But uh, that has all been good. Also, watch the workouts for the Combine are pretty important. Okay, so Sirianni
0: over there is shooting into mini hoops, okay? And we were talking to Daniel Jeremiah whenever people come in. how How many minutes is it? And how do you try to break through? Do you just have to feel like it's just like a human? Like, do you ask any questions in there that can give you any piece of information? Is there any gotchas? Because we've heard that you're only allowed to ask certain things. You only have a certain amount of time. They're all prepped for sure for that entire thing. How do you break through that?
6: Well, there's a good question. And through the years, there's a lot of information. All right, we have 20 minutes. And what do you get from that? You know, everybody has a role. You know, one of our head scouts leads the, the conversation. And, of course, Nick participates. Uh, There's time. I talked about on game day how coaches move into more of a prominent role. And, uh, you know, personnel-wise, they're taking a different. That's kind of how I look at it. Some of the things that I like to know from it. One thing is that I want to know, I ask most of the guys, what is your best game? If, If you want me to see exactly who you are instead of our scouts and what I think, tell me what game I should see to tell me exactly who you are. And then just listen to their story as much as anything. These are guys that you don't know. Yeah,
0: you try to pick through all the, the, like the rehearsed stuff, too. That's an interesting yeah. thing because that is the most important part. The culture of your locker room will always be so important. Everybody looks at these stats and the analytics. The team is such it, an important thing.
6: That is an important thing. And, and just keep in mind, too, this is just initial step. It's like the first date. That, that, that's what it is. So you're just getting a little bit of information. You're going to get together a little bit later on. That's how I see Uh, what we get from this combine.
0: Yeah, are we worthy of having another date here? Uh, We'll find out. Because now there's multiple pro days for players Mm -hmm. because last year, I think there was two different ones for Mac and then two for the... Mm -hmm. And they just... I think the whole process has kind of opened up a little bit
6: more. It has quite a bit. You know, Pat, some... date, you go and you say, hey, that's it. it. <laughs> now, I have, there have been a couple of situations where the interview was that bad where you say, no, this ain't going to work. And there's some like, you know, I met my wife on a blind date 43 years ago. We've been together every day since. Sometimes hey, wow. love, love, yes. right Sometime at first date, you say, yeah, this is going to work. And uh, most of the time, you right now, it's not the guys come in and they present themselves well. Um the beard. The wife yes. loved the beard and wife, you I let you led me right into it. Normally, <laughs> most of the things where you've been married, you know this, as, long as I have, the wife is involved in quite a few things. You know, went on vacation once and you let it go, you say, you know what, mm-hmm. I may keep this and she said, you know, I kinda of said that, but she said, you know, I like it, love you. So it's been with me since Hey, whenever if now listen, I gotta
0: say if just because but when you guys start winning down there in Houston, that's if. No, fan, it's hey.
6: if, just like, well, not if, it's when. When, yeah, yes, when.
0: Yeah, yes. when you start winning down there, that fan base is a passionate fan base. Bad they man. are. Loud.
6: Those be- beards will be for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the other side. You're right. I mean, it's it's a Texas uh, team. So football is important, and I have seen it on the other side when we had it going. And we do. We plan on getting those days back, and the fans will come back, and it'll be rocking again. Hey, it was the loudest place I'd ever played
0: in. I actually, have said, I'm on the record saying that those Thursday night games against Houston, it was basically the AFC South was on the line. It was yeah. always Thursday night because we never had Thursday night games because all the conventions that happen here, so there's not enough hotels. We were always in Houston, and it always felt like the entire, and that place was fucking loud. I remember like headache loud. Love you. I remember it was like that type of thing. Go ahead, Connor.
2: Yeah, Coach. I mean, when you look at the Rams, you just won the Super Bowl, you know a lot of the guys they had in there they ended up getting during the season uh do you lean either way on how you build your team whether it be kind of screw the pick side or like the bangles who's basically drafted every
6: pillar that they have i think you have to keep all options open in an ideal world yeah you want to bring in the davis mills get them you know, come in as rookies there in your system entire, but you have to supplement it with free agency. Mm-hmm. And last year, you know, I don't know, maybe over 30 guys we brought in, and we're going to bring in some more. But I think there are, you know, guys you just have to assume, know that that's the league and guys move around. And there's enough, to me, if you do your homework, there's enough guys for all of us to get exactly who we're looking for. So we're going to do it a, a combination. We're going to be heavily involved, hopefully, in free agency, but the draft is still kind of the, you know, that's where that foundation will be set. Hey,
0: love you. the salary cap's fake now. I don't know if you know <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. Since the last time you were head coach and you did a thing and then you come back now, it's fake.
6: Yeah, and you have to be able to adjust with whatever's going on at the <laughs> time. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, free agency right now, like, you know, some of the players we had, you know, last year, Some of, we have quite a few unrestricted guys. And I believe in them having the opportunity to, to earn a, a certain living. But hopefully, you know, some of those guys are going to come back because uh, – it's not just about this one country. I, I think our system and a lot of things can get guys paid in a lot of different ways.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Go ahead, Tom.
3: Uh, Coach, you, talk, you said earlier that you can't run 40 that well anymore, but we saw earlier three-time All-American high school, two-time All-American Ooh. college. When you're when you're out there with like we saw, we see Vrabel likes to get hands on. You like to get hands on with the boys every once in a while. Let them know you can still go.
6: Well, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I, it's not like I'm, you know, eating Twinkies every day. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I try to stay in shape a little bit, and um, I do have a sports background. You know, sports are, are pretty important, but, you know, we have a lot of guys that respect the position, and yeah. it's, it's just kind of fun. They keep you young, and, uh, and again, can't wait to get started again.
0: I don't know if the internet's right, but I believe you're 63 years old. Is that accurate? It's pretty good. <laughs> Man. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. I loved asking you earlier what your 40 time is. I didn't know if you were going to tell me like your, uh, when you were younger 40 time, <laughs> the current one a <laughs> lot slower than that. And then the shit talk comes in, uh, just like every other Everyone slow else. Yeah. 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 in this room. No. Do, uh, whenever you're coaching, it's a lot more than just the X's and O's. What is kind of your message to like younger players on how they can have success in the NFL? I asked Will Compton this yesterday because, you know, this combine's awesome. I was not invited to the combine. I know a lot of guys haven't, but... Like, the stats and analytics only tell you so much. What, through all the years you've been through football, what do you tell young guys, like, hey, this is why you're going to make it or why you're not going to make it? Do you have that answer? Well,
6: yeah, because I, I think, the you know, I, I like uh, some of the the stats behind players. Uh, I, I buy into fast guys that can run. Speed athlete, kills, matchups. Speed kills, all of that. But still it comes down, though. You know, I'm from a I'm a small town guy. Just some of the basic things on hard work. Hard work still kind of wins. Most guys aren't the most talented around, but if you just put in the time, you, you can see the benefits from it. It always comes down to that, and you can't most of the time, most of it you can't get at the combine, and maybe not on some of the video, but just getting that guy who has a little bit more, that wants it a little bit more, and those guys normally end up on top steel, you know. You said
0: earlier, whenever you're talking about the difference between the college game and the NFL game, you're like, in college, you can't just focus on football. In the NFL, I can just watch film until I, I don't. Yeah. You're just a film junkie. It's,
6: yes, yeah. absolutely. Always been happen. like that. Always been like that. You know, you kind of figure out early, you're not going to play football forever. So the that part of the game has always been a big deal to me. And nowadays, with modern technology, anything that you want or anyone you want to see is just a click away from. It's at your disposal at any time. And the college college game is different. You know, you don't have a lot of time. But the NFL, you can grind, and the best players do grind. Most of the Hall of Famers, you know, guys that were really good at their position, they grind.
0: Yeah. People, so all, that.
6: people don't see all that,
0: though. You know, they forget. No, them. they
6: don't. Yeah, and it's it, – you know, what does it say? What you
0: do in the dark will come to the light. You will be exposed, however. So there's some quote that will go in there. And it's like all these people that have such great success, I was like, oh, well, they do this move good, or they do this move good. It's like, do you know how hard and how long they had how to long? work yes. on that particular move to happen? It's like the overnight success that is probably two decades in the making for people. that are just learning about it.
6: And when I, when I talk about old school, that, that's what it's about. That's not trick them. Eventually, you can only trick people so much. And it comes down to what you really know and how much time you have actually put in. That's uh, a trait. AJ, go ahead, pal. I
7: love you. In your whole time, like when you were at Illinois and, and then you come back to the league, did you ever, was there ever a time when you thought that you may not get another chance to be a head coach in the NFL again?
6: Well, you know, I've been pretty, uh, a chance that that wouldn't happen? Yes. And I would have been okay with that. You know, last year I wasn't, I wasn't a head football coach and, um, and I went into a different role. I think I'm a foot, just a football junkie at, yeah. at heart, and I love the game. If I had never gotten back in the seat, I would have been okay. would have been pretty happy. But at the same time, I, I thought that I had more to give still. And there's unfinished business, you know, too. I mean – uh, it's got to be a great feeling to raise up that oh. Oh. trophy. <laughs> you know, it's got to be a great feeling to do that. I haven't done it. And uh, you're right. And I, I haven't. So that is a driving force. But again, if it hadn't happened, Fine, but i'm glad to get another opportunity
0: i heard that when you become a head coach it's just a a bunch a lot more coming across the desk then whenever you're a coordinator or a position coach yes did that you said there's only 32 of these jobs so when you're offered it like obviously it's an honor and you're going to take it but did you have to think about what's all going to come with being a head coach in the nfl again or no
6: no, no you're I, prepared for it, ready no, for it. I, you know again i it helps that you know, 2004, when I first uh, went to Chicago, maybe a little didn't know then, but I kind of knew what the position entail. And it's one of the – it doesn't get much better than this. So no hesitation at all. Want another opportunity to do it, and glad it came.
0: Um Whenever you think about Deshaun Watson uh, being a member of the Texans, when you get there, yes. it's already, already he he wants out. I don't know if you were there – before the 20 accusations or whenever, because people forget that before the 20 accusations, he wanted out of it. There. there was a chance he was going to the Jets or the Eagles. It was a massive story. And then all of a sudden, a much more real massive story came into it and there was no exemption list. So all year, it was kind of like hanging over the Texans organization. Still is, by the way, still at this point. Still there? How do you, in, uh we're supposed to get an answer, I guess, April one. So it's less than a month from now, allegedly about whether it'll be like, uh, uh, jail time I think potential or if it'll be just move on to a different team how do you how do you guys how, last year you weren't the head coach but that seems like something very difficult to balance with everybody in the locker room because there's relationships with Deshaun in the locker room let alone there's like 30 million dollars off the salary cap there's expectations I guess there's more opportunity but what is the messaging to the team about something that just has been looming over that is very serious by the way very very serious well how what is the messaging you think to everybody
6: well, I, yeah, it can be hard, I guess, if, if, if you let it be. But for me, I think most guys in a locker room, uh, there are hole-outs. There's a business side of it. There's injuries. So you're a professional. you got to come to work every day and do your job. Uh, and normally situations like this that happen, that are, that are there, in time, they'll take care of itself. And that, that's how I looked at it. And In time, it would take care of itself. Um, and hopefully – not hopefully, and that's the case. I think most of the guys are doing that. Life has to go on. Eventually, Deshaun is going to play somewhere, our place or some other place. And if he's not at our place, players at, at – you know, for the Houston Texans have to go on and play football. So that's what we've done. That's the NFL in general. Things change from day to day. And I'm going to go back. Time takes care of all things, and it normally works out for the best.
0: Oh, um, that's a – hey – Sounds like you're the coolest dude of all time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially with that beard coming out with a little Texas Texas in there. So Uh much wisdom. Uh, Well, good luck with everything in Houston. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. We thought that place was on fire last year. Like, it seemed like from outside looking in, that place was just on fire. But it's the NFL, so that's going to happen. But yes. those games show up, and you guys were able to somehow focus amongst it all. Excited to see what you do this year and another year.
6: There. Yeah, that's the case. You know, it's the difference between perception and reality a lot of times. And uh, that wasn't the case. There are some things going on. But uh, some things I think we can get through.
0: Well, I cannot wait to see the Lovey Smith-led Houston Texans live in studio. Great man in the middle of the combine. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Lovey Smith. Hey, AJ, have a good one. Thank you to our guests, to all the boys. I think that's how we'll end it. I don't know if it could get any better. We will see you, Mignogna. Oh, uh, yeah, tomorrow, Vince McMahon's live in studio. Here we go. All right, be a friend, tell a friend. See you then. Bye.